0: Hello. You're tired today. Oh, yeah. A late night for me is a very late night for you. hmm I don't remember the end. How long did you stay? I was there till 10.30 uh, my time?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe 1.30 or something oh. like uh,
0: What we're talking about... Okay, here we go. Um, we'll have come out one week ago when this episode airs, which is the Dubai Friday Holiday party, which you should go and listen to, because I, I remember parts of it being funny. It was mayhem. Yep,
1: too many people. Well,
0: that's how often a, they wake
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm no sleep, Merlin. No, no sleep. sleep,
0: no sleep. <laughs> that Makes a pretty strong bird. <laughs> uh, so thanks for doing that. That was fun. Yeah, we do. We have some meta, slightly meta things here. Oh, so are you cleaning up? Are you cleaning up my <laughs> document?
1: So it's a fractal, like PHP. It's a fractal, <laughs> bad design. Okay.
0: I mean, I tried something new this time, and no. I, I'm not going to keep it. It's just for the, one of the very first times ever. No, oh, come on.
1: Oh, We have dedicated sections. Look at this. Look okay, at this. you Look can at put at the, the finger I'm there. Moving the finger. Moving
0: the finger. All right. Okay, yeah. I tried one, one time. <laughs> okay, all right. Not a finger. <laughs> it's, uh, I was, uh, oh, no, wait, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? Checking out the odds and sods. What are you doing? You moving it all down to follow up? Wait, what did you take no, out?
1: I, I, I approve oh. your agenda and we are going <gasps> to execute it.
0: You're taking out straw man agenda?
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, and it's, it's now, it now is present in here. Mm. Here we go.
0: All right. Oh, God, you're moving so fast. I can't keep up. Using VI. I know. Look at you. Uh, I don't know why I feel the need to mention this, except to show gratitude. Um, I got—I uh, feel like I got some nice responses to the last episode. When that happens, we don't get that many responses to the episode. Probably not like ATP. We don't get mad people, angry people, but uh, a lot of people liked the last episode and they thought it was funny. And they—they—and uh, they said so. They like the old man injury stuff. They can yeah. laugh at our expense, but I want They're to like say
1: it. like it when people get hurt.
0: <laughs> they are like out <Ow>, my balls. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. want to say thanks to everybody uh, who took a minute to tweet us and say they enjoyed it. Uh, that made me happy. Uh, I guess as ever, I don't like to say this because I fear the consequences. But if you like the show, uh, you could go to iTunes and give us stars in a review. I'm not asking for it, but if you choose to, you could. Do you have anything to say about that, that? What does that do, Merlin? When people do it that, it really what does that do? really helps people to find the show. Does it? Mm-hmm. How? <laughs> Remember hit that bell. Mm-hmm. I pasted a link. I pasted a link. So thank you to everybody today. I pasted a link from YouTube with Markdown into the back to work show notes. And of course, what do I have at the beginning of the title? I've got the number five in parentheses because in their, in their great wisdom, it's one thing I I don't want to be notified about anything on YouTube ever. I don't ever want to be notified. They really want the notification. So if you haven't checked your notifications, since the last time you got a notification it prepends the number of notifications you have waiting to what goes into uh, a url
1: when you do what when you hit the share link when you i got to see this now
0: yeah so like i just using the, the cms i just hit the bookmarklet it pops it up it grabs the what's in whatever's in title oh i see in
1: the title of the page Yeah.
0: and it puts that right in the url forever doesn't that seem weird
1: I don't understand that. Oh, I see it. I see it. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm looking at a thing and I got like a one in parentheses in front of the thing. And then it's because there's a little bell with a little one on it.
0: Let me go look at mine. What's yours? What's that's your notification? Incredi-
1: that's incredibly dumb. It's incredibly
0: dumb. Did somebody start following you? Uh, what's yours? What's the nature of your notification? My notification,
1: notification is uh, Rick Beato has a new video.
0: Oh, one yeah. One hour ago.
1: Oh, wow. My that fav- recently.
0: I haven't even watched his last one. My favorite
1: band you've never heard of is the video that it's trying to tell me about.
0: Uh-huh. I like his stuff. His name is a music pun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's right there in the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleanor got a, 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 a Beatles ornament for the tree this year. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the, it's, is the drum. A, it's just a drum? It's the drum. It's the drum. The Beatles drum, but it's got their right. little faces on it, too. She no, picked it out right. at the target. Is is Daryl shooting it with a crossbow? No, 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 no. no. That's uh, That's when you go to the mattresses. <laughs> uh that's nice yeah no she just started getting into the beatles like on her own like you know of course i've you know, <laughs> yeah i mean i've had some influence mm-hmm. on it but i went in there mm-hmm. one day she's in her, in her new loft bed she's at the desk working you would love this she's sitting there at her, at her pretty tidy desk uh working in scratch and listening to the white album like a lie it made me happy i thought it was kind of cool because mostly her taste in music is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like that, there was a baby shark song. Like baby shark, or baby shark.
1: <laughs> you keep saying that, and it sounds vaguely familiar. It's a it's a kid I, thing. It's I like a block out. The, like when it's when all uh, my daughter's friends are over, and they're all yelling at the cylinders to make them play stuff, and yeah. they ask for stuff like that.
0: Yeah, don't get into Perry grip. You gotta you gotta just ban that, ban that from everything. Uh. So thank you to people who did. That. I'm tired too. I'm very tired. I'm tired. I slept better than I expected according to my newly updated uh, sleep apnea app. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing okay. I'm getting to bed early tonight, though. Um, after I watch, uh, well, you know, watching. We're saving that for later. What's different about this, this night is different from other nights. Because for once, we had a discussion and said, here's like three or four things we should talk about. Instead of just picking ad hoc from the list with neither of us driving.
1: I don't pick ad hoc. I know what we're going to talk about. Every pick night. hawk.
0: Um, Okay uh withdraw (laughs) withdraw the statement uh so thank you to listeners john i this is a point of personal privilege how is your jammed finger jammed thumb thumb how is jammer
1: sorry the thumb is not a finger it's improving yeah so i still can't uh there's a couple of things like outlier actions one of them is the move i do in the uh the sink we our sink has uh a hole on the hole on the left where uh, no a hole on the right where the little sprayer thing used to be remember when we were kids the oh, sinks yeah, sure, would have sure. like a little sprayer right mm-hmm. but nowadays those are out of favor and
0: we put a um, we put the hole we put the um
1: rubber lid from a beaker in there and it fit perfectly hmm now we've got a soap dispenser over there because they sell those soap dispensers that'll go in that hole and it's like oh, a that's little that's cool it's like a plunger thing. You push it down and go squirt, squirt, squirt. And underneath the sink, it's got a bottle of soap. Anyway, Ooh. the move you do is you take the sponge in your hand and you put your thumb on top of the plunger and you press down on a, a thumb plunger while holding the sponge underneath where you know and where to the, get the, soap get the is right amount. Out. Yeah. Go squirt, squirt, squirt. But that is a, a quite a stretch because you got to have the thumb stretch way out to be dead center over the plunger. Mm-hmm. Then you have to have the rest of your hand positioning the, thund, the, the sponge out where the little nozzle is going to squirt. Still can't do that move. It sounds that like is a reward still, challenge. Yeah, that is still too painful to do. So uh, that's out. But most other things I can, you know, I can mostly turn on and off faucets. I can tie my shoes. I can take them <laughs> off if I'm really, really careful. But yeah, your thumb is used in a surprising number of things. So it's, it gets better every day, but it is still not back to normal. It's a real utility player. It, it, uh,
0: mm-hmm. it helps helps you out in a lot of jams. And you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, but I'm trying to think if I've had any more good injuries. My back is less hingy, which is nice. We may end up talking about projects later. Oh, we still got a bunch. We still got a lot of balls in the air. I'll save it for this segment. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess that's do you have anything else for follow-up? Well, I think that's it. I'm so confused now. You, you took away my straw man agenda. I don't know what's
1: next. Ready? We're gonna go to your TV. Next. Oh, there down in many many Chron- topics. Chronological order, yeah, you got it.
0: I um I think I fixed my own bug within seconds, but I wanted to ask you about this because it's kind of in your wheelhouse. I have an LG 55-inch TV, 4 4K, TV, uh, 4K, I guess UHD, whatever it's called, like it's a nice TV. I like it a lot. We got it about a year ago, and I, I have been babying this TV. I do not allow I'm not as bad as you, but I do not allow horseplay near the TV. No one's allowed to touch the TV. If certain people who are in our house every weekend end up touching the TV, they're, they're going to get a text about it. don't touch the TV. Like it's really important. I've been ba- I babied this TV. And the other night, I guess whenever I put this in last week or so, uh, uh, it was a Syracuse moment because all of a sudden, not even, yeah, you know, it was kind of mostly in the lower left-hand corner was a very dark cloud and then some kind of cirrus clouds that came out from it all the way to about a third of the way in. So like the lower sixth maybe of the screen had some serious clouding and I freaked I didn't know what to do. I ran over there. I started looking for magnets. Did our uh, nutcracker do that? Like, what happened? How did this happen? Ma- magnets? Like, it's a CRT? I don't know. I don't know how magnets work. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how they work? I do. Okay. It's because of the polarity. Is that what it is? Yes.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> OLEDs are not affected by magnets in the same way. Are you, you sure CRTs about that? Are. You're really yes. sure about that.
0: Yes. What if it was a really, really, really big magnet? It's different, different technology. On an infinite magnet scale. Hmm. Okay. So I freaked. But of course, we were watching TV and I waited till later that night. And I started, uh, so I was, I, so I put, put it in show notes because it's like, hey, John can probably help me fix it. Now, have you gotten that before?
1: You don't have, you don't have an OLED TV. So that. Yeah, you yeah, left out the important part is that you have an OLED TV. I don't. So I don't know what it is that you're experiencing, but I haven't heard of anything like what you described. What was on the screen at the time you saw this dark cloud? Rising. Good question. I don't, you know, it's one of those things where you ever have
0: those things you, you didn't realize you've already kind of realized, you know, like, uh, like you're getting a cold sore or, or a migraine and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I just realized I am getting a thing. I think I kind of noticed it and like not paid much attention. And then we were on some screen. Uh, that was like a, maybe like a dark gray and I could see, Oh yeah, something, something's cloudy about this. And I got kind of frantic about it, but then I thought, you know, why mess up the evening? I'll just fix it later. And then that that very evening, I started like feverishly googling around, and I discovered—I don't know why I put this in here. I thought maybe we could help people. I uh, I discovered that uh, there's the I guess most L, uh most TVs, but especially OLEDs, and most especially especially LGs have a functionality under OLED settings, I believe, called pixel refresher, and it was it's very interesting. The now I know you're not going to love it, but like the software on the LG TV. Is the least crappy. This is not saying much. It's the least crappy TV software I've ever dealt with. If you if you go to Artings, you can see what it looks like. It's got kind of a weird, like smushy Helvetica rounded thing. I don't love, but but it works. And and I discovered this. I googled around. I went to the godforsaken Reddit and like found out about this. And uh, and so basically, what you do is it says, okay, this is going to do this stuff to your TV. You can we can have it start right away or after you. Uh, turn the TV off. It needs, needs to be off for one hour. And, uh, then, uh, it's going to do this uh, magic mojo that like, if you have any retention or, or cloudiness or what have you. And, um, I've run it at least twice since then I ran it once. It didn't seem to work. I think the TV turned back on before it was done somehow because of, <laughs> I was just listening to you on ATP because of the wonderful reliability of the CEC stuff. Um. No, but I ran it twice and it went away. And then I saw it. I thought I saw it someplace else. And I ran it again, and it worked a treat. It totally worked. Running Pixel Refresher inside the LG uh, inbuilt app uh, took care of the cloudiness and it just went away. So maybe it's not magnets.
1: Was the cloudiness animated or was it static? Like, did it did the whatever artifact or thing did it change and move or was it always the same? Was it?
0: Oh, I, still? I if it moved, I didn't see it. I would say
1: static. All right, um, so every TV has some weaknesses that you can bring out by causing it to display certain things. Most OLEDs, uh, including yours, and they've been getting better with, uh, about it over time, but they still have it. I have a thing they call dirty screen effect, where if you put a full kind of medium gray across the entire screen, rather than seeing a big uniform gray, you see kind of these vertical striations. Like, hmm. it doesn't look like a uniform gray. It looks like there's some, like, darker vertical areas. Um, I'm wondering if that's what you were seeing, and you're only noticing it in the lower left because the screen was grayish over there, hmm. but I've never heard anything emanating from corners like that, and it doesn't sound like image retention unless you can say that the this cloudiness coincides with like the m s n b c banner or the c n n banner or something that, that may definitely be that on definitely the came up,
0: yeah, you know it's the internet, so you're going to find all kinds of stuff, but yeah, there were all kinds of different things, one of them was your we, what we call HUD? What do you call it? Like whatever it was, when you get like mm-hmm. a bug in the corner that, that like on your, on your precious, yep. uh, what do you have that you like so much? Plasma. Plasma TV. Yeah. That was something that came up, uh, not stuck pixels, but uh, retention yeah. came yeah. up. But then when I saw it was, and I, I didn't, you know how it is. You look for enough of an answer to fix it. And then, you know, in my case, I just get back to what I'm doing, but apparently it runs some version of this pixel refresher functionality. Um, every so often on its own. I guess if, if and when it shuts down, after N hours of use, it does this automatically. So maybe we haven't noticed it because, you know, it's funny, it's also concomitant with this, I feel like is that my TV is not sleeping after the Apple uh, TV has gone to sleep. So I don't know if that's CEC or what it is, but I don't know if that has anything where anything to do with it where it's been running longer than usual. And so it hasn't, had a chance to run the pixel refresher, but it sounds like something it uh, tries to do on its own anyway, which seems pretty clever.
1: Yeah. They're all in a constant battle to, uh, to deal with the uniformity issues. because uh, it's th- basically like the, the things that make the picture, uh, age by uh by them being used and so if they're used unevenly they age unevenly and so you get a screen where you, the television is saying just show the same gray across the whole screen like 50 percent gray but each picture element is aged a different amount from mm-hmm. being used a different amount and so that's where you get the dirty screen effect it, it each one reacts to the input in a different way one may be brighter than the other even though the input signals all of them is the same they react differently so those I'm not sure what those screen refreshers are doing. I think it's probably trying to even out the aging. Maybe it's keeping track of how much it's used different sections of the screen. Maybe oh, it's wow. just uniformly uh, blasting all of them with 100% uh, white signal behind the scenes. And, you know, I, I don't know how OLEDs work. I'm a little bit more familiar with uh, plasmas. But, yeah, that could be it. If you Google for a dirty, uh, dirty screen effect OLED and you'll see a bunch of pictures, maybe it will remind you what you see. But, like, this is one of those things where you probably don't want to know. Like, don't ever take... <laughs> your fancy t- television and get a test thing that shows 100% red 100% green 100% <laughs> like the, the blue Marco, 100% the Marco white
0: problem where and,
1: like <laughs> a
0: bespoke test will show you how screwed up it is
1: yeah yeah because if you just do the the cardinal colors rgb plus white plus like 50% gray plus like maybe three or four different grays going from like 10% up to 90% yeah. one of those undoubtedly will show you one or more of them will show you some areas of your screen that are aged differently than others. Maybe you'll be able to make out an MSNBC, uh, you know, scrolling bar. Maybe you'll be able to make like out a, a logo somewhere. I watch maybe enough of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll just be non-uniform. But if you just watch, you know, video mm-hmm. of like people and trees and whatever, you maybe you won't notice this at all. So I would say, you know, continue to be conscious of not leaving the same image on the screen for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and then try not to think about it too much. Have you ever heard of screen shift? Where uh, they call pixel orbiters and other things where they take the image and offset it by a yeah, few pixels Yeah, so, here so and there. I'm
0: reading from, I don't, this is not, this is in our I'll put this in notes. It's in R Tings, it's not for my exact specific set, but here's what it says in the OLED panel settings area. Pixel refresher is the function that will attempt to clear any image retention or other screen issues that can happen when the TV's left turn on for a long period of time. This function needs at least one hour to run, and will only start once the TV's turned off. Um, also, automatic pixel refresher that's run automatically once the TV is turned off after four cumulative hours of use. The screen shift feature will slightly move the screen at regular intervals to prevent image retention. The screen shift is not noticeable. We recommend to turn on this feature. That's I think that's kind of cool. Yeah,
1: that my, plasma, my plasma has it too. They call, they call it pixel orbiter. The problem with all those screen shift features is they can't really shift it too much because they are basically shifting the image off the screen. Like if you put like a like a green outline around the screen. When the when the you know when the image shift type thing is in effect, you one of the outlines goes off the screen, like the right edge or the yeah, low sure. right edge, right? And the other side is just black, right? So you're missing part of the image. So they can't shift it that much, which means that if there's some kind of like CNN scrolling, what the hell is that thing called? Chiron banner, Chiron, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is there. And they off they offset the screen by like a couple pixels in one direction or another, You still basically have a big band. It just yeah, fuzzes you still have the a big edges red, of the
0: lower band. third, and it's there a yeah, lot you, of the time. It just
1: it just you don't have as hard an edge because sometimes it's a one pixel above, sometimes it's one pixel below. You know, it can't work magic. It's better than nothing. Yes, I would I would recommend that you turn it on. But uh, also and, a good they, reason fact, not
0: not to watch cable news.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, another thing: the newer uh, LG televisions actually have a feature where they try to detect the screen bugs, like the little thing that says CNN or WB or. NBC's little uh, peacock logo. It tries oh, to yeah, detect logo, a it's called logo. Oh yeah, logo
0: luminance adjustment.
1: Yeah, and and you know that can be done badly or think something's a logo when it actually isn't and dim it and make your screen look weird. Wow, uh, and it doesn't actually. To eliminate the problem entirely. They're just trying to mitigate the issue. So logo
0: luminance adjustment is an LG feature which detects static logos on screen and automatically this is exactly what you said, automatically dims them to help prevent them from causing permanent image retention. We recommend the low setting since, as John Syracuse says, dim can dim uh since high rather can dim some areas
1: too much. And even on high, it's it's if you watch a channel and it has a bug in the corner all the time, it's gonna be retained on your screen eventually. Like there's Ugh, no avoiding God. It. That shouldn't yeah. be allowed. Yeah. Welcome to the my world. Like I've dealt with this with plasma for a long time. You just have to be conscious of what it is that you're watching and you know don't don't leave the television paused on anything ever. That's another ever. Big
0: thing. mm mm-hmm.
1: Right, closing the bug.
0: Anyway, uh yeah, you know, uh just another re up for this uh R Tings or I don't know if you're supposed to say ratings, but R T I N G S recommended by you and or Marco. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're in the market for it, we've mentioned it here before, but I want to re-up it because there's probably people out there looking at TVs right now. Go check this site out. They have a lot of really useful stuff on the site, including some um, little bit of wizard stuff to help decide, like, you know, based on room size, what TV is right for you. Um, and they've got tons of great stuff on uh, getting
1: the right settings for your TV. It's a really they good site. They have this very comprehensive, like now months long, maybe it's a year long, OLED image retention test where they're just taking a bunch of OLED TVs and just showing different kinds of content on them in different intervals and seeing how they burn in. Uh, wow. And and they keep and they just keep updating it. So if you just Google for R T I N G S OLED burn in, you'll find the page. And it is ongoing and it's it's fascinating. The only thing that I've heard about R Tings lately that has been a little controversial in the most recent flare up of the Twitter uh turn off motion smoothing thing, because Tom Cruise did a did like a little PSA about it and it's going around again. Yeah. Uh is that if you look at the settings on the Arting site, sometimes they recommend that you turn these motion features, uh, not on, but like to the low setting rather than turning them off entirely, which is what you should do. So why, um, I don't know why they recommend it. I mean, they, maybe they think people like it or maybe, you know, mm-hmm. I, they're settings are a personal preference. If you like motion smoothing and interpolation, then
0: some people really you know, do. Vast majority don't even realize it's there, I would guess, but there are some people where if you do turn
1: it off, they get mad because they actually like it. Yeah, I think it looks gross, and I recommend everybody turn it completely off, but uh, but if you're... you're,
0: Do you approve of the Roma person's...
1: uh, Yeah, I saw it. I saw another round of things. Well, I'm asking if I can put it in notes, if you approve of that. uh, Sure, yeah. What they're basically telling you on all those things is to just... all, All these features that televisions have that take the picture that they're being asked to show, and you know, modify it in some way, either adding new pictures that are in between, you know, if you got picture one and two and it's like, well, it would be cool if there was three other pictures between one and two and we'll make those up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or that I'll take your input signal and I'll change it in some way to, to make it look better. You know, I'll try to make the brights brighter or make the darks darker rather than just faithfully showing the, the image as it was created by, uh, you know, the content creator. And so, that's not what I prefer. I prefer the television to not do all that stuff. Most of these setting suggestions from the creators are like find all the settings on your television that mess with the picture and turn them off. Mm-hmm. That Roma thing and, was
0: really good. It's just like this two and a half page guide of like, so Roma is this uh, new Coron movie that was in theaters, is now on Netflix. Uh, and they Netflix is actively recommending that uh, if you're not going to see it on a big screen, uh, see, that, see it and you can see on your screen, please. Turn off all your garbage, and it's a really lucid explanation. I'll put Todd's tweet in there
1: about this. Yeah, and, and Tom Cruise's little PSA was a similar thing. I he thought was it was, I thought the, it was really cool. I liked it. Movie or whatever, saying you might not know this, but your television screws up the image and duals. So yeah, I have that post on my uh, website from ages ago that. I was, you know, even going for the, the simpler one, which is make sure that your television is actually showing all the pixels in the image, yeah, pixel yeah, orbiters right. aside. I don't think that's much of an issue anymore. In the old days it was more of an issue, but let's start with the basics, but then yeah, also turn off motion smoothing. So uh, all this is to say the, the R tank site does have a bunch of settings you can try. They said, Oh, okay, here if you if you don't know how to set up your TV, just copy these settings. As we've discussed in the past, the only real way to make sure your television is set up right is to calibrate it because every television is different. And the second caveat is the preferences of the arting side do not exactly align with my preferences. Maybe they align with yours. Maybe they don't. But just be aware that there are some things that are subject to preference. My suggestion is to turn every single fancy feature of your television off and just let it show the image. Uh At some point, uh, and I
0: don't want to do a whole segment on it. It'd be fun to talk about the Spider-Man. Not not tonight, but...
1: Yeah, I would like to see that. I haven't seen it. If I had seen it, I probably would have Um, been on the Incomparable episode about it because everyone seems to like it, but I haven't been able to get to the theater. I read an explanation. I mentioned it because it was something
0: I want to say probably Joe, Joe Rosenstiel, uh, retweeted was this detailed explanation of of why and how, well, especially how it looks the way that it does. And I didn't really understand it. I thought maybe you could explain it to me. But let's let's yeah, hold it for the, that.
1: The tweet I saw was like um, it's like so you it's an animate an, on the
0: one instead of the on the two yeah, instead it, of the it, one or something. It's an
1: animated movie, and if you remember how sal animation was done when we were kids, you'd have a painted background, which would like be a backdrop of a city or a forest or something that somebody would paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would be often be very could, could be very large, much larger than the frame of usually the much higher
0: quality than the characters.
1: Yes, and then over on top of them you'd have clear pieces of whatever they are with the characters painted Cells. on them in, in different poses. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd have Donald Duck walking or whatever. That's the character animation with sort of solid colors. And the paintings would be more realistic and uh, more finely detailed and shaded or whatever. And you can move those things independently. So you can have like Donald Duck, take a pic, you know, put put Donald Duck's overlay on top of the background, take a picture then take that overlay off and put the second overlay down with Donald Duck's foot in a different position and take a picture in between the pictures. You can also move either move the background or move the camera. Um, and because those two things are independent, if you're trying to animate both of them at once in a more advanced type of thing where the character's coming towards you and the background is, you know, shifting or zooming or something, mm-hmm. you can choose to do one frame of Donald, two frames of Donald, and then move the background on the second frame of Donald, but not on the first one so it looks kind of weird if you do it in slow motion where you see like donald duck walking Mm -hmm. and like his first two steps it doesn't nothing he doesn't seem to make any progress but then all of a sudden on the third step the background jumps showing that he has made progress across the background Mm -hmm. right because they're they're independent of each other it's just a an artifact of sort of the rate the rate of motion the rate of change of the background and foreground because they were literally two different pieces of you know artwork right Mm-hmm. So in the Spider-Man movie, obviously it's all CG and there's no reason to do any of that because it's all just rendered in the computer all the time. But they apparently consciously uh, decided to imitate the look of classic animation by saying, here's the background and here's Spider-Man. And rather than having Spider-Man's footsteps exactly track to the background, like he takes one step forward and the background, moves a little step back because he's moving through the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. They would have Spider-Man do two frames of animation and then, but the background would only oh. do one frame of animation. And that's why it looks so, like, choppy. Yeah, it looks like it man I mean, It looks, it looks the,
0: cool. It, at first, it is like, what am I looking at? The entire, the entire movie is unlike anything I've ever seen. I don't oversell it, but I've never seen anything quite like this movie in so many ways. But that's one way it's very different, is the willful, the willful attempt to make these look like characters from a comic book, but the way that they move, especially
1: in like, the early parts of the film, is really jarring because of that. It's evocative of traditional cell animation. There's no reason for it when it's a computer because everything is made in the computer. There is no painted background and hand-drawn cells on you know on top of it. it it's all of a piece, but to, I mean, maybe to be a nostalgia trip, to make people feel comfortable, to echo the things that we're used to seeing. You don't know you're used to seeing it until you see it and say, oh, it looks kind of like... Spider-Man is the character, and then the cityscape is the background. Never mind the, the, the Cityscape background is all still rendered in 3D and we're zooming through it in a way that you could that you would never do in mm-hmm. traditional animation because it would just be too expensive to draw all those backgrounds. Like the whole point of the background and character thing is you spend a lot of time and money and detail on the big background, and you just do that once and it doesn't change, mm-hmm. right? You don't zoom in and around and through the trees and the branches. It's just like that's just the background. And then you do all your animation animation with the characters more cheaply drawn and painted and inked. In front of all of that, again, no, no reason to do that in in animation, except for as as an homage or as a nostalgia thing or as just a fun artistic effect. So, that having not seen the movie but only seen the tweets about it, that's my take on what they're what they're going for. Did you end up seeing Isle of Dogs? We, we talked about it on the show, old man. You mm, saw Isle of man, Dogs. I, we talked about it this show. <laughs> yeah, what, this what show we're doing now. Are you sure? With me, we sure did. Okay. Was it in a, was it in a smaller slot? uh no maybe i don't remember but you have seen it yes okay i've seen it and we talked about it okay did you did, did, did you like it we talked about that too uh, we talked yeah about it on, thought, on this thought, show I've, we talked about that yeah i thought i thought it was okay
0: okay but uh that or fantastic mr fox are like it's movies where like i um it's amazing to me how how much i will um get absorbed yeah in, yeah in the images and but in the story and like i'll stop thinking about like what would be involved? And obviously they know how to do this, but in my head, my brain is bent by the idea of having three, four, five, six, sometimes many, many characters that are all moving different ways at different times. Their hair, the hair on the animals is moving. The camera angle is moving. I just, that just seems like the craziest job in the world to be able to be doing all that stuff, not with CG but, you know, moving camera and CG is a different kind of thing. But in this case, like, my God, it just blows me away. I'm glad you liked it. We should talk about that sometime.
1: I of Dogs. I saw a good uh, time oh, lapse Anderson. I Yeah. I forget what it was. It was a time lapse of some stop motion thing. It wasn't, uh, maybe it was from Aardman, the walls and ground people. Anyway, it was, it was a scene in some animated thing, uh, and they they were showing you like a behind the scenes thing where you could see both the camera and the person whose job it is to come in and move the character an inch and take a picture and move the character and take a picture and move the character and, the character and take a picture right? Um, oh, maybe it was maybe it was a pair of hands making sushi. It's coming back to me now. Or yeah, a pair of hands making some kind of food thing. Uh, and they showed a time lapse of the scene, and of course, in the time lapse. If you just look at the hands that are being moved, they move more or less in real time. So like, you know, 12 frames per second or 15 oh, frames per second Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But the person is moving like lightning speed back and forth. And so they show this, you know, minute and a half segment of these hands taking sushi and rolling it out and slicing it into pieces and doing all sorts of things and patting the rice together and doing all this stuff. Uh, and it runs, maybe it's a minute 30, maybe it's two minutes, and it runs, and when it's over, they tell you that that was a month's worth of work. Oh, my God. <laughs> that person, you just watched <laughs> the month of their life. They just came in every that day. Might be, do
0: you think that might be the movie Isle of Dogs? Somebody makes sushi in that.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that was it. There you go. That's, we that's should talk the, about the that connection. sometime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it must have been from Isle of Dogs. But the, the scene where they show the hands uh, making the sushi or whatever. Maybe it's in the beginning. I've
0: got the... Well, it doesn't matter so much anymore. Now that iTunes finally is adding special features, but the Blu-ray for... Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox has some amazing behind the scenes stuff. Really, really, really good. And um think about stuff like when they're in Bean's uh basement with all the apple cider and stuff like the what you would have to do, what do you call it? A lime producer, but the kind of people who do continuity to make sure that everything's you know exactly the same. You know, in a movie, that would be stuff like, oh, you're wearing the same shirt or you have the same injury in the same place, that kind of stuff. But the continuity gets so bananas with this stuff because it comes down to stuff like barometric pressure. I believe this is the explanation. Barometric pressure or temperature overnight caused the level of the cider in the jugs to be just slightly different enough for somebody like Wes Anderson to notice. And like what would have to go into like keeping that stuff all exactly the same? It's It's a real mind bender.
1: So, you're calling Todd and his computers to fix those things. Mm hmm. Let's ruin movies, let's be honest. Yeah. I'm putting some links in to our discussions of violent dogs. Apparently, it was an episode We talked about that here on this show. Episode 78 and episode 81. And you know what else we talked about in episode mm. 81? What's that? Motion smoothing on televisions. Here on this show, we did that. hmm. We did that. Episode 81, June 28th, 2018. Mm. Did Do we mention the, the website Artings? Uh, I can't tell. It's not in the show notes.
0: Not in the show notes. Okay. I try to make good show notes, but, uh, yeah, I like a of dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's and in the, in episode 78. When we first talked about <laughs> I love dogs, uh, we also talked about, uh, the clay and stop motion animation at Ardman studios. Oh, so good. Oh, those so are we've, we've come full circle.
0: You ever seen, uh, what's the Nick, Nick Park? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Nick Parks, something like that. Mm-hmm. I saw one of the behind the scene ones for, because the wrong trousers. And he just, they show the, what goes into making the cracking cheese Gromit Mm -hmm. scene and him like making the exaggerated face like over and over and then like kind of recreating his own face in clay when he does a little finger thing, which I still Mm -hmm. do. (laughs) Cracking cheese Gromit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Those are so good. Ah, I, I, Gromit's a good actor for a dog. He's really good. He is. Very, very expressive, mono eyebrow made of flesh. He does a canine eye roll that you're not going to see in a lot of places. It's Probably because right. he's an English. He's an English dog. Yeah. Yeah. They have a different name for dogs there, John?
1: Probably.
0: <laughs> what? Is that still on the topic list? Did we, ever, we never, did we ever talk about that on here? Did we ever get to Britishisms? Uh, uh, I don't no, know. No, it's, it's still prob- on the list, down, I think.
1: Probably down there somewhere.
0: Let's see. Good cop, bad cop. Where she's signaling. Ah. Uh-huh. Differences. We still have to talk about differences. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody's going to claim that one. Mm -hmm. Um, Politeness. Okay.
1: I feel like those those are like the turtles that are underneath the...
0: Holding up the earth? The globe. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) It's
0: big topics all the way down. Did you (laughs) see I change it to big topics?
1: Yeah, I'll probably change that back. All right.
0: This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Eero. You can learn more about Eero right now by going to Eero.com, that's E-E-R-O.com slash diffs. Uh, You know me, I don't like to show favorites, but I really like Eero. I'm going to read what they told me to say, but man, this thing just set my brain straight. This has made my house so much better. I'm going to tell you what they told me to say. With Eero, you can build a Wi-Fi system that is perfectly tailored to your home. Considering the high-bandwidth world we live in now, you need a distributed system in your home to make sure you get the best speeds available. And with Eero, you can install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. It starts with their second-generation Eero device. It has three 5-gigahertz radios, which allows for increased speed and range. And it sits flat on any surface, connects either over Ethernet or wirelessly. And you can easily expand the coverage throughout your whole home by adding in some Eero beacons. These are small devices that plug directly into your wall, allowing you to reach every corner of your home. And Eero is now introducing Eero Plus. This is designed to provide simple, reliable security, to help defend all the devices in your home from malware, phishing, and unsuitable content. Eero Plus can automatically tag sites that contain uh, violent, illegal, or adult content so you have powerful parental controls. It has ad-blocking functionality to help improve load times for websites that are full of privacy-invading ad tracking. It's also possible to have Eero Plus check the sites you visit against a database of millions of unknown threats to prevent you from visiting anything malicious. This is pretty cool. Eero Plus even includes subscriptions to encrypt.me for VPN protection. One uh, password. Oh. Friend of the show for password management and Malwarebytes for antivirus solutions. I don't have time to tell you how much I love about the Eero system. They sent me one of these and I, I can't believe the life I had before this versus now. It's so great. I've bought uh, extra beacons to put around my house, down in the garage to totally blanket my house. And as I always like to say... <sighs> They didn't tell us to say this. The app for this thing is so good. It automatically tests you know, your connection every day. gives you download speeds. Uh, you can go in and name all of the devices on your network. Something new I noticed just this week. Uh, they didn't tell us to say this. But now you can have it uh, throw up a notification if there's a new device on your network. So on the one hand, if it's something you don't recognize, you can go and block it in the app. Or you can do what I do. You can add a cute little emoji and give it a name, and now you can track that activity. They have profiles for kids. Uh, it's, it's just so great. Anyways. I really like Euro. So listen, never think about Wi-Fi again. Get 100 dollars off the Euro base unit and two beacons package and one year. Whoa, one year of Euro plus. Woo, that's a pretty good deal. You go to Eero.com slash diffs, that's E-E-R-O.com slash diffs. And at checkout, please use the very special promo code diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S, Eero.com slash diffs, promo code diffs. Ah, yes, our thanks to Eero for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM.
1: So do you want to talk about your Backblaze problem or do you want to jump right into your house projects?
0: You know what? Actually, I'm going to ask you to, uh, I'm going to give you, so this is going to be a Syracuse sandwich title, which is going to be, I'm going to tell you a problem I had. I'm going to tell you how I solved or discovered what was causing the problem. And then the part in the middle where I was asking your help, I would like you to share with people. It's very short. It's very boring. I was noticing that Backblaze, I was watching Backblaze. First of all, for some reason, Backblaze had stopped. Backing up, and I got—did I ever send you the the picture of this? I got the wildest error screen, and by error screen, what I mean is it was the backblaze uh, system preferences, but every single item in the system preferences had the word error in it, and it was in parentheses. Like something went real buck wild, and uh, and I realized it hadn't backed up for a couple weeks. And, oh, boy, was this perilous because I, I went and I read up on how to do the inherit state thing because I didn't want to have to re-upload everything. And the thing is, your account is tied to that computer in situ. You have to, like, start a new account with a trial. Do you know about this? If if anything goes wrong and you, like, screw the you pooch. Don't, you don't
1: start a new account, but, yeah, you might have to re-upload your junk, which sucks.
0: But you, the account you paid for is associated with that one that's all – anyway, I, I managed to go get it fixed by reading very carefully – and putting some tape over some knobs and making sure that I was doing it right. I was able to fix that. But then, of course, Backblaze had a lot of catching up to do. And I started noticing, how, does, how do I say this? I started noticing that a bunch of uh, things that I downloaded, large files from the internet that I had downloaded, were getting uploaded to Backblaze part one, part two. Like part one of file you recently downloaded, part two, part three, part 47, part 56 of file you recently downloaded. And I wanted to say to Backblaze, add an exclusion for wherever these things are. And I was trying with all my might. I could not figure out how to find where those files were. And I tried all of my extremely minimal search.
1: Oh, so you wanted to exclude them, but you didn't know where they were because it just shows you the file.
0: Yes. So obviously, I started with Spotlight. That didn't work. And I just started doing, uh, you know, you know how it is you type phonetically, doing the terminal stuff. And then I eventually went to you, and I was like, I hate to bug you with this dumb question, but, like, how... Uh, So, anyway, I ended up fixing it. It turned out that it's what Backblaze is doing by design. This is very smart, I think. Backblaze, for any file larger than X megabytes, automatically breaks it into pieces, so it's Uh, more efficient. You thought
1: the files were named part one, part two? I thought it was a
0: cache of... Because there are certain kinds of files that you get from the Internet that arrive in pieces Mm -hmm. and then get put together, and I thought there was some kind of a temp, temp file slash media file, slash cache, somewhere. But I had all that stuff turned off. I turned off everything under uh, this and such media server. I turned off all of that stuff. That was all excluded. Um, but I eventually figured out that it's totally natural. And if I don't want those files to back up, I should exclude that whole folder of media. But along the way, I had a question for you. And I don't know if this is a good question. You can tell me if this is not an interesting question. If there's a file that you can't find using Spotlight, this is so boring. Nobody cares what is the best brute force way to find a file anywhere on any of your drives, including inside dot folders, including inside bundles if necessary. Cause I was like inside bundles. I was showing, showing package for bundles. If You know what I mean? And, uh, I don't know. It just got me thinking about it. Like, do you ever have to brute force go and find a file that spotlight can't find? And
1: how do you do that? Well, first I want to point out that had you told me what your actual situation was rather than jumping to what you think is the solution and just asking me how to implement the solution, I could have helped you. Because if you had said, hey, um, I'm looking at Backblaze and it says there's these part one, part two, part three files, and I think I shouldn't have any part one, part two, part three files, so let me find these part one, part two, part three files, I might have been able to tell you oh, those aren't files. It's just taking a big file and breaking it up into pieces and uploading them. You know that. So if you're looking for a file, I might have been able to tell you that, but you didn't ask me that. Instead, you skipped you skip right to the solution and said, how do I find a file on my computer?
0: I tried, to, I tried to troubleshoot and I shot myself.
1: Yeah, so someone suggested to you already that by that point in Slack to use the find command and to run it with sudo. Casey. So that, so that it runs this root. And that is basically the slowest brute force way to... It you have to run It is root because you, slow. Yeah, because if you don't run it as root... It won't be able to go into any directories that are not readable and and executable by you. You want it to go everywhere, therefore you have to run it as root, and it will literally just walk your entire file system and go into every single directory. Now, the arguments to the find command, you can can, uh, pass a dash name argument that can be a regular expression that will say, and if you find something that matches this regular expression print it. You don't want to just do find and then have it print everything, because you'll end up with a huge list of files, and then you'll have to like go through it in a text editor and find stuff. Okay. Uh, it's much more efficient to let the find command do that filtering for you, uh, so you'd end up with this giant list of files that you have to sort through. Or you could just get the giant list and just keep it a future reference. But that is incredibly slow. I also recommended the locate command, which right. does something similar. What's the distinction? And the locate command crawls your file system not everywhere, but most places, and creates a, an efficient database to look up stuff. And then you just run locate and some expression and it very quickly gives you an answer because it's not crawling your whole file system. It's just consulting its database of all okay. the files on your thing. It's not up to date all the time because it has to run like a cron job that updates that database periodically. Uh-huh. But if you need to find a file quickly, it will very quickly search its database and tell you where it is. Now, the locate uh, thing doesn't run by default anymore on Mac. So if you run the locate command for the first time, it'll be like, oh, you don't even have a locate database because you've never run this command before. If you want to locate database... Do such and such, which uh, tells you to, like, enable some job or whatever. Okay. After you enable that job, periodically it will update your locate database. And then if you want to quickly locate a file that you think was not created in the last hour or day, but has probably been around for weeks, you can type locate space and then some substring of the file name and it will find it. And then finally there's Spotlight, which is very similar to locate, but it's, you know, Apple's entire uh, thing. And it, it it will mostly search your only your own files and files that are readable to you. And there are lots of different ways to scan this cat. But yeah, the brute force way, I would... Never resort to Brute force because it could take like literally an hour or more to crawl everything you're driving.
2: hmm
0: It took a real long time. Well, I tried to be a smarty pants and I went and created a file with a nonce, like one off. I had one password make a three word uh, phrase with dashes. And then I created text files with that name appended with which hard drive it was going to be on. And I stuck those on the hard drive and waited a while and then went to see if Backblaze had backed those up. And it had. I thought maybe
1: there'd be some way that I could like. I don't hmm. know. It's, it's kind of pushing the easier push way to do. Like again, if you told me the whole problem is like some program <laughs> I <hate> says you. <laughs> it, some some program is doing something with a file and it's telling me I'm doing I'm uploading this file or whatever. And you're like, where is that file? What are you doing with that file? If the program really doesn't have a way for you to like have like a tooltip or some other like looking at its logs where it shows the full path instead of just the file name, if you've exhausted all those avenues you can do a thing where you can ask the operating system, this process, this Backblaze backup process, assuming you can find it, it's probably some strangely named process Mm -hmm. that you can find in the activity monitor. Can you tell me every file that this process has open right now? Uh, It's called the lsof command. Oh, is that that
0: what stuff like AppSapper uses, do you think? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like when AppSapper kills an app, it kills all the things in Uh, applications. No,
1: no. I, I hope not because... Uh, you know, so LSOF is a command line thing, and it will tell you every file that process open, which will include all of the libraries that that file uses, like the the frameworks that run the UI and all, all sorts of other C libraries. Those will be listed in LSOF. And, of course, you don't want to delete those. Like every mm-hmm. every program probably has a bunch of libraries running. There's, that's part of the operating system, right? But it will also have any other files that it has for reading. So if Backblaze is backing up a file, it probably has that file open for reading, unless it read the entire file into memory and then quickly closed it. But um, And then the, the final way is you can use a FS usage, which is file system usage, which yeah. says across the entire system or for a particular process, show me every system call related to the file system that this thing does, and you can sometimes use file paths in that. So there are all sorts of fun ways to try to get this information. But uh, In the end, uh, as you discovered, it's just a like, breaking up a big file into small pieces and you just, you know, find out where the original file is. Don't look for the pieces.
0: Did I ever tell you about when I installed, I purchased and installed the OS10 beta back in the day? Maybe. Well, cuz the there was supposedly I I don't you can I'm just I'm just going to make mouth words and you can tell me what it means, but there was a thing where essentially you could install OS10 on your computer without completely borking 9 where you'd have some way there's some kind of a key combination at startup or something where you could have OS 10 and nine living at the same time, I think on the same drive. Yeah. I vaguely recall that. Well, I thought, because I'm used to the old file system, right? I'm used, I'm used. Well, that is to say, sorry, I am used to the way the old Mac worked, which is like, if you want to get rid of your TCP IP stuff, you just delete that file and that's fine. You're all good to go. You can just get rid of any kind of a folder stuff. Generally. Uh, anyway, I decided I really didn't like OS 10 after like a day or so. And so I went through and I was trying to figure out everything I needed to delete to get rid of it. And um, one of the things I got to was um, a photo called Library. And I thought, well, I don't want to store my books on here. I'll just get rid of that. So I had some problems.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stories about people doing that with uh, classic macOS because you'd go into the system folder and people would say, "I don't know what any of this junk is. What the hell right. is this? What's Finder? I don't know. Delete, no, I delete, want to run delete. really clean. <laughs> I, I want my hard drive to be fast. I don't even want to have the, yeah. the system. What is I, don't, I don't want a system. Just give me the computer. I don't need something called system. I can go in the garbage too. And it would let you. There was nothing stopping you from putting that stuff in the garbage. <laughs> like it's it's the currently running app. Same, you know. It, at least OS 10 would make you like authenticate as admin or whatever. But yeah. people by then were blindly trained to type their password whenever prompted anyway yeah so don't delete the operating system that's running your computer because that doesn't So don't well.
0: don't delete the operating so the operating system that's running your computer don't
1: delete that yeah the thing about os 10 and the reason you were probably flummoxed is like for all of its permissiveness the old mac os had most of the files you needed to run it in a thing called system folder mm-hmm. and mac os 10 does not have the entire operating system in one little folder or directory tree it's spread all over the place and there are a lot of files in there. You know, they're not just in one place. Well, you you got
0: home, you got your home stuff, your home library, you know, versus the root library and all that kind of stuff. You got all
1: the directories that you don't even know about. You got slash var, slash temp, you know, slash private, which is a symlink to, you know, the var and temp, and uh, slash etsy, which is a symlink to slash private, slash etsy, and you got slash user, and just goes on and on, like slash bin, slash s bin, like you don't.
0: It was real different. It was you're real not going you know?
1: to go through there and manually like sort of clean it out. Like you need an uninstaller or some other way that to get rid of all of those files, unless you literally know every single directory and you can distinguish, you know, which is which and which are, which are hidden and which are invisible and which are dot .files and which have the, you know, the hidden flag set and all that other stuff.
0: OS 10 in the beta was very slow, but it was even less good when I started deleting folders. So lesson learned. Yeah. It took me like three different tries. I didn't realize how attached I was to old, like at that time, OS 9 mm-hmm. or whatever it was called. I, I it just looked so, because back then, this is a Stephen Hackett thing, but didn't they still have like real? not still, they had introduced the photorealistic quote-unquote icons? Like in yeah,
1: I and mean, we still have all uh, the vestiges of that yeah, today. But, but yes, they, they, were, v- they were very uh, glossy and fuzzy and they weren't uh, sort of as iconized and posterized. Uh. It's a varying degree. Some of them, some of them holdover from the next, uh, days actually were, uh, more cartoony, but then the modern Apple ones were very photorealistic, but everything was like non-retina res. And they were so big.
0: You could make them so big. I was used to like, uh, the res edit sized options that you had. And like, it was Mm -hmm. so crazy to see like, you know, trying to remember what they even were, but stuff like maybe the applications folder was one. Didn't they use like an actual, like a compass and a pencil or something like that? Like a photo of that? I remember, I should look it up. I remember looking real weird. Uh,
1: the, I think the application A was like a, a paintbrush, a pen, and a ruler or something, as opposed to like the, uh, the uh, boring white dowels that make up the current application logo. You can see it on the App Store logo that A that A made out of the yeah, yeah, yeah. sticks, which they apparently stole from somebody. I don't know. There was the whole big kerfuffle about someone who did that.
0: So down in the dock, you got Sherlock. You've got mm, yeah. Internet Explorer. The, the mail, cartoony.
1: Uh, mail, mail was the stamp with the little wavy postage. With the eagle on it or whatever. Yeah.
0: What was the what's the at symbol on a spring?
1: That uh, internet. <laughs> internet.
0: <laughs> Click to Internet. Yeah. Did you review this for Ars Technica?
1: Yeah. Oh, no, I, and I I remember speaking of what you are saying how it took multiple tries. Most of my early Mac OS X reviews uh a i i wrote them in classic mac os while continuing to use classic mac os as my main os and b i often mentioned it in the review they're like oh here's how it, the os is coming along me i'm still using classic uh from day to day just because it's so much faster on my computer <laughs> than, uh, than mac os 10 is took me a while to convert to say okay when my computer boots like by default i'm in mac os 10 and I'll only go into classic if i need to like that didn't happen for many many releases.
0: I'm looking here. I can find a tenth anniversary thing?
1: It's of... On my, my, my website, I have links to every single one of my reviews. You still update that? Uh almost once a year. Is that a Tumblr site, John? It is not. Okay. So you're not you're not
0: affected by the uh
1: by the uh, female presenting nipples.
0: Female no. presenting uh Naples, yeah. No, you're yeah, you're I good. Knew it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going pu- to put a link for the show
1: notes. There it is,
0: my reviews. What is Mac OS X? The most common answer is that it's the client or consumer release of Mac OS X Server. Do you, you don't remember Mac OS X Server, do you? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for the longest time, you could have uh, one or the other.
1: Yeah. No, no. So this is different. It's very confusing, right? You're Mac right. Mac OS X 10 Server, long, the for... hardware device? No. For a long time, you're right. There was Mac OS X and there was Mac OS X Server, and one was a server variant of the other. But before Mac OS X, as we know, it was released before the public beta. There was an operating system called Mac OS X Server. Oh, which here was we go. By essentially Caesar Rhapsody, at Ars Technica. Yeah. Which, yeah, like next step type thing. It didn't It didn't look like There was no Aqua. It was, you know, it predates both of the two operating systems you were talking about, but it had the same name. Later, they made a second operating system called Mac OS X Server. <laughs> not too long after the first one, which were not like each other It'll at all. It would be like naming two things iBook. It would yeah. be really weird. They both were a bit based on the Next Step stuff, right? But Mac OS X mm-hmm. server, the original, was basically Next Step with a platinum-looking skin on top of it and some random Apple stuff thrown in. <laughs> what did
0: Walter, Walter Isaacson say? That the, the Next Stuff had had an influence on OS X? Yeah, it, was, it
1: was, wasn't, wasn't important. It ended up not being that big of a deal. <laughs> just, just used it to run all... Just used it to create the iPhone, whatever. They had one chance,
0: John. They had one chance to have the official interview with this man. Yeah. one chance mm-hmm. do you consider that to be the greatest episode of uh, hypercritical nah no it's not even in the running for you that's a good one though it is it's two-parter
1: yeah it didn't a cut one.
0: you off so we gotta make this into two what's your favorite what's your favorite don't don't overthink it
1: i don't think i have a favorite i, I haven't Ooh, i haven't gone back and listening a in a long time i i could probably give you like a top five or a top 10 but i got moments a bunch of good, i got a moments yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of times, there's a good moment in an episode that's otherwise about weird stuff. You know, Toasters,
0: so nice. TiVo remote. What uh, about game vi- video in game controllers? Was good. Video game controllers was good. I could care less about video game controllers, but that one was so good. The Isaacson one, preserving yeah, Star Wars. The, the memory Wars. of Steve
1: Jobs are probably the most like
0: emotional, right? You, yeah, that's the most emotional I think I've seen you. The I heard you. The um, the preserving Star Wars one was good too.
1: Yeah, Star Wars is not a blog post.
0: Star Wars is not a blog post. Star Wars of Syracuse County. <laughs> it's, it's always funny, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Kane 11, a company who makes ridiculously comfortable socks in precisely your size. So here's the deal. The socks that you're wearing right now are probably a one-size-fits-all. We don't all have the same size feet, people. No, that's why we have sizes. To the folks at Kane 11, thought that since we wear socks every day, hey, you know, they deserve innovation too. Cane 11 men's merino wool socks offer a precise fit, and their name comes from the 11 available sizes, 7 through 17. You will be amazed when you feel the difference of socks that truly fit. Let me tell you a few things here. Cane 11 socks are made in the good old-fashioned United States of America. They're engineered for a precise fit, or even better fit, comfort and performance. High quality in the up through wash after wash. They're made with merino wool that keeps your feet warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And they're available in smart, confident styles to suit your look. You know, they sent me a couple of pairs of these, and I really like them. What can I say? They're really nice socks that fit, uh, and they're in my size. And also, they're a little bit um, thinner in a good way than the socks I usually wear, so I have a little more uh, room to move around. I like these socks. They're good. All purchases come with the Kane 11 Promise. If for any reason you don't love your socks, just send them back for an exchange or a return. No questions asked. And Cane 11 socks make the perfect gift for the guy who has everything because he definitely does have these. He's going to need him some Cane 11s. I'm snapping three times in a triangle. And once you wear Cane 11s, you'll never go back to one size fits all socks again. Now, to get your own Kane 11 socks in precisely your size, head on over to Kane11.com slash diffs. Let me spell that out for you K A N E 11, the numerals, dot com slash diffs, and enter the very special promo code diffs to get 20% off your order. That's D I F F S. Kane11.com slash diffs, promo code diffs for 20% off. Our thanks to Kane 11 for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Hey, so we're back. And uh where are we? Where are we? Fifty minutes. All right, we're doing all right. Well we could do house projects or we could dive right into our main topic. I see? have to be dead honest with you. So uh the I think the how can I put this? You got you got hot snakes for this main topic and I feel like I'm getting a like sense. Hot snakes? Yeah. Hot,
1: that's a new one to me. Don't look it up like pigs and bunnies. Well, no, you wish you got got hot snakes. It's like those that uh, look it up that that quote unquote firework where you would light the top of the little like oh, yeah, the little little
0: turd thing that makes an ash.
1: Yeah, hot snakes. Yeah, that's I don't know. I think they were called worms, maybe. Maybe You don't want
0: to look it up, but it seems to me you got hot snakes for our main topic. Given the the you, uh, the unexpected ebullient excitement about this topic that I've seen from you, which came out of nowhere because of your layers of an onion, I think maybe we could table the projects in Evolving Room and go straight to our main topic. How would you feel about that? Sold. I also want to introduce a new thought technology. Mm-hmm. You know how I don't like to edit? Sure, yeah. Okay. I have, a, I have a new suggestion. And you tell me if this makes any sense. It occurred to me while I was urinating today. What if... We go When we go into a spot to talk about media, we say, uh, we're going to go talk about this thing. We don't know how much and what we're going to spoil, but after we've recorded this, we will have our engineer not only drop in the spoiler horn, but he will drop in a, a, a bit of audio explaining what gets spoiled in that part. Is that too much work?
1: That, I think, is too much. And in fact, for this particular discussion, I don't plan to really spoil anything. Hmm. And I and I would ask that you don't spoil anything for me. i are
0: not going to talk about Parvity <laughs> Parvity uh, shallow. <laughs> we're watching that season now. We're learning about Parvity Shallow,
1: which was, might be the greatest my, name ever. It was on, it was on my list. Par, Parvity Shallow? No, the season you're watching. Okay, so hello. So let's let's start this off. Okay, what so, we're going to do I, is we're going to talk about first. tell people what we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, We're give going to talk statement? about the,
1: the, the television show Survivor. Now, so here you here, might here's have heard a, of it. A, a bit of an opening statement. I could swear that I talked about Survivor on some podcasts, but I have a lot of podcasts, so apparently it wasn't this podcast. Or if it was this podcast, you've forgotten about it. Apparently, I can't remember it either. Um, Should I give but, you an
0: opening statement to your opening statement about why we're here?
1: Yeah, 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 but 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 first, let me let me get this. Okay, out of the do way, your opening statement, this, and then I'll do I my think, pre-opening yeah. statement. All, All right, because right. I think this may have some new information for you that is relevant. I just
0: to wanted discussion. to say, Ma- uh, my friend Max suggested I watch this terrible show called Survivor that I've seen two episodes of ever, saying that this season was good. I did go in, I did watch it, and that's only then when I found out that you have watched a good amount of Survivor.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing: I'm, I, am I, God, I swear we talked about it in this show. But anyway, even if we did, I'm re- repeating myself. Um. I have been into reality television since basically the very beginning, sort of the real world on MTV, the very first season. I watched the real world. I watched it for many, many years. I also, when Survivor came out, I was like, network television is going to do a reality show. Well, they're just, you know, following the footsteps of MTV because I'm too cool for, for school or whatever. Um, so Survivor was an early network reality show. I watched season one and every season thereafter, essentially two seasons a year for 18 years. Um, and I watched it with my wife and eventually when my kids got involved, we started watching with our kids. But here's the here's the twist that you may not have seen coming. We stopped watching Survivor this year. So we are now two seasons behind. And the only reason okay. I came ba- because, because 30, we just 36 and 37. Yeah, because, like, we were watching with the family, and eventually we couldn't get the kids to watch it. We were like, hey, we're all going to watch Survivor, and the kids were like, eh, like, they didn't, they lost interest in it. And then we kind of lost interest in it, too, and we're like, uh, you know, maybe maybe 18 years is enough to watch one show. So we, you know, fell off, and we're like, okay, well, whatever. The Artivo kept recording them, but we just weren't watching them. But then, as you pointed out, everyone is like, oh, this season of Survivor is super really good. And you get, uh, you know, new people coming to the show who hadn't been into the show before, but they just keep hearing, oh, the season of Survivor is really good. You got to check it out. So people who have never seen the show before are trying it out.
0: A lot, a lot. Like a lot of people in different places, not even just it's not even just the like the Mr. Robot crowd or whatever or the whatever. It's like all across the map, all kinds of people that I like uh, respect and admire are all saying you have got to watch this reality TV show. And I was, I was baffled.
1: Yeah, and so for me with Survivor, people are often surprised to hear that I like the show. But I, you know, I've watched it, watched it for eighteen years, and mostly just because I enjoy like watching people. It
0: seems incredibly obvious to me now. It combines two of your favorite things: extreme competition and the apocalypse.
1: Like, uh, it's not really the apocalypse; no. it's mostly like the human nature thing—to see people, to see people laid bare. But
0: the recreating, the recreating society with gamification—that's so in your wheelhouse. I can't believe it never occurred to me.
1: But that's the thing, like, they don't, like, when I first heard about the show before this first season it aired, I thought it was going to be like that. That's why I was watching the first season, but it turns out it's nothing like that at all. Like, the the premise of having to get fire and having to fend for your food, like, you'll, you'll see when you go back to the beginning. They leaned on that more heavily in the beginning, but very quickly learned that's not really what this is about. Yes, it's important that the people have hardship and suffer, but only because... Getting out of your comfort zone, literally and figuratively, is what is most revealing of your true personality and what makes the game more difficult. It's really easy to try to be suave when you're comfortable in an air-conditioned place and everybody's clean and and well-fed. It's much harder to do that when everyone's hungry and cranky and tired.
0: And you can write a lot of that down to Richard Hatch, right? Didn't he kind of invent the whole, like, alliance
1: thing and the way of playing the game that would go on? He didn't invent anything. Like, any, any group of people chucked into the show would eventually figure out what it takes to win and that has played out over many seasons but anyway all this to say is that there are a bunch of new people coming in you're one of those new people max is one of those new people who are discovering the show for the first time and longtime fans like me that find that exciting because we always have seen something special in the show It's the reason why we watched it for 18 years or whatever and it's nice to see new people coming in whether it's because of some incredibly savvy viral marketing campaign by cbs or whether the season actually is a good season if you've never seen any season of survivor it probably blows your mind because this is accumulated again a very long running show which is very advanced and, and very interesting if, especially if you don't know all the history that led up to it um so you had asked or maybe, maybe max had asked uh, to give you a list of like if i want to i'm not going to go back and watch 37 seasons of survivor because there's too much television it's like impossible right but if i wanted to sort of get caught up on the major happenings in survivor so i have more of a background in the show than just like the most recent season what seasons should i watch so i tried to come up with a list for you of seasons how many did i pick
0: oh i mean it was you dropped it into the slack it looked like there were probably 12 or
1: 15 yeah so i try not to pick all of them um i did start with season one because i think it's important to see what was this show like before anyone knew what the show would be like right uh and i say one two three four five yeah there's like 12 or 15 in there. And I actually ended on 26, so it's 10 seasons back. Um, I doubt you're, anyone's ever going to watch all these things. But if you wanted to know, this is what I think uh, the highlights are. Um, but, all right, that's 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 my opening. Have I, I think that. you should
0: take it anywhere you want. I'm fascinated to hear. I have a lot of reckons, but I would love you to take it anywhere you want to go.
1: Well, I w- now I want to hear. So you you, you heard all the people talking about it. You decided to start watching it. Um, what did you think of it, and why did you keep watching it?
0: Um, I should first, uh, <laughs> I, um, I saw a few episodes from when this was a phenomenon, a very dear friend of ours. The woman who introduced Madeline and me to each other, um, was a giant, giant, giant. She, she, she works for the uh, bearded dolap guy too, um, up at the ranch. And, um, she loved this show so much. And she would talk about it constantly and it was just so excruciating because we watched a couple episodes and it was like, you talk about how Borneo season sets the baseline. The baseline it sets for me is like, I immediately realized what I don't like, just just in 2000 terms, year 2000 terms. It immediately established for me what I don't like about this, which is all this drama and artificial, artificial drama, unnecessary, like, you know, unkindness and like, why I eventually started to like a few years later, started to like Top Dress and later Top Chef. Was because it was about it was more about the making of stuff than about the reality or the reality like sniping part and the planning part, and so I was extremely turned off to the show. Uh, I would sort of mentally uh, reduce my opinion of anybody who did like it. But Max said, "Watch this." I said, "I'm going to give this a try. We need some new TV for the family anyway." We never. I've tried to get my daughter to watch the race show. She was never into it. So yeah. So we we tuned in. We watched the first like. So here's this is a John. This goes back to chocolate. This goes back to Toy Story 1. You know how this works. I say, hey, I want, I want you to try this thing. Let's do the 20-minute test. No, no, no. I don't want to eat chocolate. I'm sure it's gross. Okay, fine. I don't want to watch Toy Story. I'm sure it's stupid. Let's try the 20-minute test. If after 20 minutes you realize it's been 20 minutes and don't want to watch it anymore, you can exercise your veto and we vote this show off the island. From the first frame of this show, she, my daughter was enthralled. This is, I can tell you specifically, this is late Sunday afternoon. She, from before like the credits came up, she was into this show because she also took the opportunity to share with me. You probably don't know this dad, but I'm really into islands. And I said, I did not know that. She said, this is so beautiful. She loved it. She instantly got 100% into the show. And I have to admit, I knew what I was in for. Uh, I got really into it too. Starting from really when they get on the boat and they say, pick out, you know, Strong people pick out the weak people. I was like, okay, I want to roll with this, because this is fun. Uh, long story short, we watched 11 episodes in 27 hours. And uh, now we're caught up. And uh, uh, the things, I'll, I'll tell you what I've told three different people on Twitter. It is a terrible, terrible show that's also very, very good. The I am now actually kind of into the behind-the-scenes deals in part, because the more I let my brain focus on this show, the more amazed I was by the show. I started really, I mean, I have to be honest. It's not as dumb as I thought. You have to think, it's like chess. You have to think so far ahead. So also, I didn't know about stuff like the merge. I didn't know about stuff like the jury. I didn't know about any of that stuff. I'm on Wikia the entire time trying to catch up. But I have to <laughs> say that by the time of, so what's the first thing when they split into the three groups? That's the
1: split or something like that? No, it's just the beginning of the game. Oh, well, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three.
0: So they're they're in three, and then three becomes then they then they mix it up. Is that the merge? Sometimes, sometimes they do. Okay, okay. Any, at any rate. Then I went, oh, there's a lot. Of, if you are playing this game, and they are playing this game, there are so many levels to this. Do you pick off the weak person because they're weak? Do you pick off the strong person before you're strong? Or like uh, Saria says, like, no. Like, I want to keep this weak person around because that keeps the target off of me. And then I have to think about what happens after the merge because these three people from two different tribes used to... And I, I found myself getting, like, embarrassingly, oddly, super into it because now I'm thinking, what would I do in that situation? And like, what I want to hang out with, uh, with the dragon slayer coach, or do I want to hang out with, uh, with the guy who, who looks like Zach Galifianakis? Like, and it, I have to admit it fascinating. I'll quit ranting. I got so much more drawn into this than I expected. And as soon as we got caught up as of this week, we started in another season and I'm thoroughly enjoying this terrible, terrible show. So that's how I learned about it. I came into it with a grudge. You need to know. I came into this with a grudge. Like I, I thought it was a very dumb show for dumb people, I still think it's bad, but it's really good.
1: I don't don't think it is bad. Like I think when you're talking about Top Chef and Top Chef, Jeff Probst is
0: insufferable.
1: Oh no, no, no! I'm gonna defend him in a little bit, but uh, (sighs) but like for uh, in terms of like having the reason we started watching it as a family is because in general, and unlike many other uh, reality shows that came after it, Survivor is for the most part good-hearted, from the host who you don't like all the way down. Like there are things where people yell at each other and say mean things but in general the show like the sort of uh, editorial position of the show is wholesome and good-hearted and they're not intentionally setting people i mean there's villain edits and everything like that but they're they they don't want people to get hurt they want everyone to do well. But everybody's there to play that game. That's the thing that I have to keep in mind is they know
0: what the game is. They've all sat like Sari or Cecilia or whatever. There are people who used to sit on the couch and watch this. Now they've been back two or three times. And, but they, they know what game they're playing, and they're going to parcel out loyalty or the appearance of loyalty. So they're going to deploy that strategically in order to try and get themselves in a better position. and it, It's like a, a great series of battles
1: yeah or they, or they or they might not but either way like the, the the voice that the show has is in the edit and also jeff jeff is there and in general jeff wants everyone to do well uh very often he has advice for you and how you might do well but he is not like you know being he's not he's not like when, a cruel when game master looking people for people yeah, exactly he's not yelling at you like uh like the like that short guy who on the kitchen nightmares thing or whatever like Yeah. So it's a it's a good natured show. There's there's no nudity, no cursing to speak of. Uh and so it's it's reasonable for families. The other thing I like about it, um, which I haven't heard anyone mention, but I I always bring up when I tell people about the show is unlike almost anything else you'll see on television, but like in fact many reality shows, one of the advantages of reality shows is for the most part, uh the cast of the show, the characters in the show, about half men and half women, and a Somewhat more reasonable than usual mix women half dressed yeah, and somewhat more reasonable uh mix of races, and in most other shows pick a pick a show like a fiction show, you may think like even if if there is a woman who's the lead, count up the people like it's just men 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 men, men women women men 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 women, women, like it's almost never 50 survivor the show and the way it's cast and the way it's run and the way it works. I don't know what the breakdown of, of winners is, or but it, but it shows like the women do just as well as the men on that show. I Maybe maybe they even do better. I haven't looked down what the list of things is. But like there is there is an equality on display in Survivor that is not present in most other fiction. So in thinking of a family type show, I would like a show that doesn't say, well, men do everything heroic and run the world. And women are also sometimes there and maybe an exceptional one gets to be with the men briefly or something like that. So there's that aspect. There is the thing that you already mentioned and your daughter likes. And you know, she likes islands. There's beautiful scenery, probably much better in HD. It occurs to me now that a lot of these seasons, oh, I've The, the are, f- first,
0: the first episode of season 24 is like a, where, how we got here. And it shows tons of footage from the first series season. And, um, <laughs> SD, yeah. SD, is rough, but no, you're absolutely right. And they, they seem to have spared little expense. Just, you know, another quick one is just the, the, the seemingly at first I kind of thought, oh yeah, it's an obstacle course, whatever. But like the care that goes into building a seven part boat that's held together with planks and then you have to reuse the planks to like create a ladder. And like, it's kind of a wonder it's the production values are very high generally.
1: And the sea. I mean, they're on beautiful tropical islands for the most part. The scenery is is you know is really nice. Um, and you know the aspect. Of, so it's it's just it's just nice to look at a beautiful place. Like you come home from a long day at work and you want to just see. Let me see a beautiful tropical island with sunsets. And you know even even if you're just watching a bunch of people sitting in their underwear on the beach talking to each other while the waves crash, it's soothing in a way that watching a courtroom drama or like Law and Order or whatever isn't. It's it's beautiful scenery and they have all the establishing shots and stuff like that and. You know, they, they mostly cast beautiful people, too, because it's a television show. So it helps if you're a beautiful person. So you get to see mostly beautiful people. And and the, the other thing I like about the show is also well, there's there's a survivor diet, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. But basically, you come on the show and guess what? You're going to lose weight. Everyone loses weight. Right. And it's like it's, and a so month. It's, a, it's about a month. Yeah. If you come on and you're maybe 10, 15 pounds overweight, you're going to drop that weight by the end of there's the show. Like, there so are
0: some different body types, though. I mean, you've got somebody like Courtney. My God, the poor thing. And then you got somebody like the Zach Galifianakis guy. There's always like people with a belly. Yeah, no, but
1: it's definitely a good range. Um, it's sixty
0: percent like categorical hot bodies, though. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a television show, and the, the thing the, the thing about it is, except for the setups where they do your hair and makeup and have you posed in front of a scene in a particular completely unnatural pose, and they ask you a bunch of questions, you get to see you get to meet these people and see these people, sort of as they are, like it's it's very minimal clothing because it's like a tropical island. The clothing isn't nice. They usually don't have time to bathe. Their hair is a mess if if they're, they they don't sometimes they do some amount of shaving, but very often the men don't do any shaving. You sort of get to uh get to know these people without the facade, without the artifice of the modern world. There's no place for them to hide. They're on a beach, they're sleeping on a beach. They're, you know, they're peeing and pooping in the woods like they're eating whatever they can scrounge, right? Yeah. You get to see and meet the real people. And they, they I think that affects their behavior and it affects how you relate to them. And it's, it's, uh, one of the fun parts of survivor, which now you've experienced probably at least once, maybe twice. That is fascinating and jarring is. So the last episode, you know, that people do the votes or whatever, and then they cut to present day because they do the finale live. Um, they cut to present day and you get to see these people who you've watched for an entire season of television you get to see oh, them wow. back in the real world. And wow. sometimes you don't even recognize them. You're like, who the hell is that? Even, I watch when, they, these even people when they come look, back
0: for the jury, you're like, wow, you look pretty yeah, different. But, but
1: yeah, and especially, but especially later because, A, they probably put the weight back on. B, they've done their own hair and makeup like the way they want. And they're wearing fancy clothes and stuff like that. And very often you're like, but that's not the person I knew. Like, it, it looks like they're wearing a costume, which, of course, they are. They're wearing their, their modern society costume, which is, yeah. I comb my I comb my hair. I wear nice clothes. I maybe put that weight back on because I'm not starving to death every single day because in the real world, I, you know, I can afford food uh, and I have eyeshadow and rouge on because I think it makes me look better. Uh, and it's just it's it's just so jarring to see that, like, it, this is the same person in a different and sort of in a different mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's an analog to how their behavior changes, because what you need to be successful in society is very different than what you need to be successful on this game on this island, mm-hmm. uh, and people yeah. who get the two things confused uh, don't do well. And then uh, you know, that's, so that's
0: partly why I say it's like you say it's not like the apocalyptic stuff. But I mean, it is. It's not utterly dissimilar from something like I don't know, like like the Walking Dead or something like that. In that, like there are there are skills. Or you look at, uh, or really even Lost, where you look at the uh, the guy on Lost who like suddenly like partly out of magic on the island, but whatever he has a skill set. That was being wasted in his like sit down business job. That's now useful to these people. That makes him valuable.
1: Yeah, and the I, I don't know if I have any of the seasons I suggested have this phenomenon, but I think it's an important phenomenon. Very often, you know, especially people who from the modern world who aren't used to being hungry or cold or tired. Like they're used to modern life, right? They're not used to sleeping outside. They're not used to not having the food when they want it. They're not used to being the wrong temperature, or you know. Being hungry and having and not being around their family and not being around their friends, right? And it's a, it's a stressful situation. It's stressful on your body. It's stressful on your mind. And one of the common phenomena, one of the common reactions to this, is to say, "I am going to address my adjustment to this new living situation mm-hmm. as the primary thing that I'm doing." It's almost like they stop playing the game or have, were never playing the game, and they're just like, "I'm going to build relationships with people." try to get myself comfortable, make friends and be loyal to them and very often Jeff will point out that they're not doing what it what probably what it takes to win the game. Right. Sometimes those people go out super early but it's just like they decided that it's more important to make friends and be loyal and have good conversations and be comfortable then like they stop thinking about winning the game and the other phenomenon is someone does that but that turns out to be exactly what it takes to win this particular game which is mind-bending because Hmm. you're like that person wasn't even playing the game they were just making friends and being nice with no ulterior motive but it turns out that in this particular group of people that was the thing that got them through the end and that's what why the jury voted for them and it's just fascinating
0: They've got like a, like almost like a, like a human situational awareness about like what's going to be best suited to winning or not losing this.
1: But, but, but like very often they, it's not intentional. Like they are not trying to win. They didn't know it was going to cause them to win. They find themselves falling ass backwards into a win mm-hmm. because of their, their nature, because they're just nice people hmm. because they are loyal to their friends. You know, very often people will do things out of loyalty that seem like terrible decisions. Sometimes they are terrible decisions. You're like, well, that person decided that it's more important to be loyal to their friend in this game, which doesn't make any sense to some people than it is to like win. But other times they're loyal to their friend and it turns out to be the thing that puts them over the top because it, they, somehow they slip by because all the all the sharks kill each other and they're left standing and everybody on the jury loves them because they were really nice. And it's just fascinating tell, how- tell me what,
0: I haven't gotten to a jury. Um, t- can you tell me just quickly, I don't want to take you off your tempo, but th- there's a vote, they vote? in the last episode
1: uh yeah so it, it it the thing about the show is the game itself has changed and expanded much over time so there's no one set of rules but the the thing that's been constant is at the end a bunch of people who were voted off a subset of the people who were voted off get to decide who the winner is and they they vote who for whoever they want to win sometimes it's two people they have to pick among sometimes more recently it's mostly been three people they have to pick among uh and the jury is usually nine or something um and yeah, they get to decide who wins. Uh, so you, you all vote each other out until the final round where you don't, it's only two people left and you, you know, the one person would vote for the other and they would vote for them and it would be a tie forever. So the jury just votes and the, the participants don't vote at all. And the winner is the person who has uh, the most people on the jury vote for them. So, so the, like the way
0: you left and the kinds of, like, you could screw somebody over to get them off the show, but there's another, there's a second or third or fourth level of game going on which is, are the juries having discussions amongst themselves about who they want to see win? And that's like a game within the game.
1: So there's, there are a whole bunch of like, like you talked about behind the scenes stuff that's fascinating. Uh, One of them, one aspect to to give an example, when they do a challenge, uh, you know, they they show you the challenge uh, and there's some words from Jeff about how it's going to go and then the people start going. But it's clear that before every challenge, there is an extensive instruction ceremony that is not ever shown on television where they tell the contestants on the show what how to do the challenge they don't bore the audience with that but it's clear that when they go that they've they've shown the people okay when you're going oh, like to come over here you are going to do, do well at it just, but or just to explain what the rules are like you're not right. allowed to put this thing over here like you this you have to legs. take this thing off you gotta off do and, this yeah right you gotta wait for this person to come onto this mat like they explained it because and it would be boring for us to hear it all, but they know it, right? So similarly, when they march in the, the people on the jury, they never, they're never never talking, right? Like, you know, at first it's just one person on the jury, then two, then three. They don't participate in travel counsel, They sit there silently. Sometimes they roll their eyes or laugh or guffaw. But in general, they make it seem like that the jury is not allowed to talk to each other. But never on the show do they say, and by the way, the jury... Is not allowed to communicate to each other in any way. So I have no idea if the jury is all back in hotel gossiping with each other or if they actually do keep them separate. But on mm-hmm. the show, they make it seem like the jury is not allowed to talk to each other until the very end. Wow. And there's lots okay. of mysteries of the show like that. Like, I'm sure I could find out if I was more of a Survivor fan of like, what, what do they tell them? Oh, <laughs> another fun thing I'm sure you noticed, when they are explaining to the audience on the television program the the challenge... They show a bunch of people doing the yeah, challenge. Yeah, they show but those like, like are, the torso down of people doing the challenge. Right, but those people are not the contestants. No, those are the faceless, the faceless survivor like test dummies. Right, I'm sure it's casting crew or whatever, but it's fun to like pick out from season to season you recognize someone's like navel or thigh or Tattoo, whatever. Like I yeah. guess as, as they demonstrate the, uh, uh, the the various challenges. The pendulum. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, i'll probably put we'll probably put in the show notes the the list of seasons i recommend uh, a couple of things that i omitted from the seasons because a because i couldn't find them and b because i think it's probably not worth watching a whole season for this but i want to describe to you and maybe you've seen something like this in the current season there is a particular strain of challenge that has evolved over time um usually towards the end where it's kind of like the uh, who wants it more challenge mm-hmm. right where they they have something that's n- not super difficult but it is a test of will, and early on in the show, they I'll made some the nachos. bad. Uh, like, that, where we like yeah, can sit eat nachos what, or be in the immunity yeah, challenge? That's the, that's the temptation one. But I'm oh, talking okay. about more of like the endurance one, right? So early on, they made a, a pretty bad mistake with a couple of these. Like uh, this isn't one of the challenges, but it's very similar to to the challenge. Imagine this: imagine you're down to like five people or whatever, and there's a tree, and you tell all five people, "Okay, everybody, stand around that tree and put your hand on the tree." anywhere just put your hand on the tree yeah right the challenge is the last person to take their hand off the tree wins oh hands on a hard body right and yeah yeah, it's like the car car thing it's similar to the car well yeah well what's the what's the challenge yeah what's the i can just sit here forever but it's like well eventually you're gonna have to pee and your Mm -hmm. legs are gonna get tired and you get hungry and you're gonna fall asleep and like that's a bad challenge for television because they're gonna be there for like 20 something hours right it's bad, it's bad for their bodies, like, it's bad, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a mild form of torture, mm-hmm. and it just takes too long. Well, there's all kinds and, of
0: torture in this, but, yeah, that one's a more benign one, right? I mean, some of them are straight-up, like, stress positions like, from Gitmo.
1: Yeah, but that, but that, that I feel like, is, is much worse than the ones, like, they learned quickly, we can't do that, because it's, it's, it takes too long, like, you're in hour 47, Right and right, they Mm -hmm. they're just they're peeing on their own legs and like it's a wholesome show. They tend not to do that, right? That's not good. What we have to do is is make them do something that's actually hard. So they learned over over like literally decades, like. Make something, like, that you have to, like, it ramps up and you have to balance on increasingly skinny things, or you have to do something that requires skill, or you have to hold a stress position, like you said, that oh, no one like can hold for more than five minutes. Oh, this like they doing the crucifixion
0: and holding on, like, on the, on the edge? Like, how long can you yeah, stay up they there? Yeah,
1: they have to make it hard to say, look, mm-hmm. no human can do this for more than an hour, I, right? When,
0: they, uh, when that one started, that's from this current season, when that one started, I thought, and I, had, I didn't think about it much, but if you had asked me to estimate, I would have said 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. And and so that's the fun thing. They make up these stress positions and these amazingly difficult things. And they the the show runners themselves would often be like, "Okay, we we made a mistake with the hands on the car thing because that was that was too easy. Right. Yeah. Let's make it incredibly difficult. No one can do this. And, you know, we have all our test torso people. No one can do it for more than 30 seconds. What do you think? The people in the show, Max, they'll do it for five minutes. Then it's like hour 27. It's like, what? You know, we thought no one could do this for, for five minutes. And they're, you know, so th- these amazing, uh, you know, athletes or whether they're athletes or whether it's just about uh, about a test of will or whatever. Um, yeah. So there is if, if I could pick out a single thread, like it would be fun to see if the progression of the show, learning how to do that type of challenge culminating. And and by the way, I haven't seen any of the current season. So I, I know. Oh, I really? Not There's, at all. The, Not yet. I I have a waiting for me to watch. But but culminating in like the current season where they're like, this is such an incredible, like you said, it's a a Gitmo stress position. And yet still the people on the show who haven't had decent food for like 20 something days are going to do it for an hour uh, inexplicably.
0: But it's like Gitmo meets Saw. Like there's one where you start out. I was telling my daughter about this. Like try holding your hands exactly 90 degrees straight out in front of you and try and do that for five minutes. And like, you realize how hard that is. In this one, you, I think it was the guy started with, I don't remember how it started, but you do a distribution of five pound bags of sand that have to stay above your head, but you're allowed to pass the load to different people in your group, right? So like, you're really a strong guy. You might want to give him a break because he's the one who's going to need to be a finisher. So, you know, whoever's like the wimpiest one that's going to putz out, let them hold three of them for, you see what I'm saying? And you, mm-hmm. and then of course if they fall down, waterfalls on your head. But uh, but there's there's you know it's not just as simple as like I'm just going to do this. There's a strategy in some of these to the team
1: doing it together as well. Yeah, that's another fun aspect of the show, especially for the quote unquote physical challenge, especially the ones that have to do with endurance. Very often it's like a little old lady that wins. You're know, like, how is the little old lady beating like the giant linebacker or like the the Adonis you know model or the the marathon woman in this you know mm-hmm. some you know 70 year old spindly woman is the last one standing like inexplicably or like the the nerdy guy who like you know on the previous episode was like passing out from the heat or whatever um and other ones you're just amazed at the physical ability of like the muscular person really does wipe the floor with everybody and you realize how important it is to be strong and, and of course they have the puzzles which is a whole other aspect like mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot to to learn and love in the show and it is it is probably a hell of a dunking in the ocean coming in on the current show but almost everything you see in the curtain show has like evolved from mistakes made in past episodes so the the, the list i gave you doesn't concentrate on, that's why i'm talking about it here doesn't concentrate on most of that stuff because i feel like it's not worth watching a season to see the progression of the game instead the ones i gave you are uh, featured the most important, I call them characters, but they're people, the most important people in the program because mm-hmm. it's people that, that ended up changing the game, whether it's someone who had incredible endurance and caused them to change stuff, some, someone who figured out a particular social aspect of the game, uh, someone who has an arc because, as you may or may not know, people who, contestants on this program sometimes come back in future seasons. It's right. not a one and done. Well, that's why and, the one
0: I'm watching is Heroes versus Villains, and it's combinations of people who have been on as many as three times And there are people from the heroes and villains tribes who like like two over here, two over there that actually were really close um, uh, allies in a previous season and which kind of instantly makes them a target because they're like, hey, when this merges, like, you know, they're going to go to town on us. Yeah, you're kind of watching things out of order
1: because you're spoiling. I know that's, when you uh, watch there's no, John. There's villains. no way I'm.
0: There's no way I'm going to watch like 3,700 hours of TV. Like this I know. is this is. I appreciate you doing this, but like I went to I spent a half hour googling for what's considered the best season of Survivor,
1: and <laughs> so that's where we went next. But I get I what mean, you're saying w- that it builds up. The show yeah, is changing it's, it's, it's and it's the worth, people it's worth are finding changing. like the the from each season. I'm not going to do this, but from each season, you could probably pick out one or two important episodes just to see the arc. So like in Heroes and Villains, there's some returning people who have arcs. Seeing the the three important scenes of their arcs from their past seasons is is worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, there's there's one uh, there's one more. And this is the only thing I'm actually going to spoil from this show. So if you don't want to hear an actual spoiler for an 18 year old show, you should not listen for about three minutes. Okay. Um, the one season I didn't put in, and I doubt you're going to care about this or watch it uh, anyway, is it, it just to show how this game was, you know, blowing people's minds. Um, I forget which season it was. But I think it was early, but in my memory of it is bad. Uh this I think it was like two tribes, right? And you know how it is sometimes like one tribe is doing better than the other tribe and the numbers start getting lopsided and they have to sit people out in in uh you know because they want the teams to be even. You have you know oh, you're up two people so you got to sit two people out so we have an even number of people in this competition, mm-hmm. right? And then at a certain point you have the merge, right? This was well into the run of the show where everyone knows that dynamic. Like you don't want to be the team with fewer people when the merge comes cuz you're in a problem. And you know, if one team starts to get too dominant, you're like oh, we're down three people, and then the merge is going to come, and we're going to have problems. All right. So in this this season, one team was just dominating the other team. Like they had, they were doing better in challenges. The other team was the mess. You know, they couldn't, they didn't have good teamwork. They, you know, didn't have enough people. Whatever the problem was, they weren't doing well. And the other team was like up three or four people. And they're all strategizing and cross-strategizing and doing those things where they send people from two teams off together to try to, you know, come the Merge, I got to start working a deal, you know, because it's it's not a given that the dominant team is going to win come the Merge or whatever. Uh, And they kept doing that and they'd have episode after episode and the team kept wiping the floor with them and everyone kept waiting for the Merge and the Merge didn't come. Oh, wow. there'd There'd be another day and they'd vote someone else off and now it'd be like, you know, seven to four. Seven to three. And so they're so so like when
0: you're watching when you're watching Top Chef, you know every season when there's eight contestants left, you have restaurant wars. Like Mm -hmm. every single season. So this would be the equivalent of getting down to like a, a, a number of people way a number of days way beyond when you would have had a merge and they're wondering what's going
1: on. So the thing on Survivor is you don't know anything. The rules are entirely up in the air every single season. Whatever you think you know about Survivor, whatever assumption you're making. That's not necessarily true. All you know is there's going to be one survivor. Wow. You start out with a certain number of people, and there's going to be one winner. And so far, they haven't broken that one because it's the slogan of the show. In this, in this season, they didn't do a merge. They literally took the opposing team down to one person and let them sleep alone by themselves <laughs> overnight. And after that, you know, brought them together again. And I bet this one person thought... Well, we're going to have a challenge now, and it's going to be me versus someone else, and I'm going to have to vote myself out or something. They did the merge when they were down to one person. And it was the most amazing thing because they had conditioned everybody over the course of five or ten years or whatever that, yeah, there's teams, and then they they work it out, and eventually they do a merge at the most dramatic point. Because that's part of the running the show is to knowing the right time to do the merge or whatever for the, that's best for the show. Yeah. This one, they're like, nope, no merge. We're not, we're not going to merge. And it was just you know amazing for the people in the game or the people watching i don't know how it destroys your strategy
0: i don't know how you do that with the nature of the challenges i don't take you off your course but like it seems like there's so many things you would have to know plus or minus this many people and i guess that's where it comes into so they probably have x number of these challenges ready to deploy like over that month But boy, the engineering effort that would go into tweaking that for the right number of people because it utterly changes the challenge.
1: They have to, the people who run the show have to dynamically adjust. They have a notion of what they're going to do, but you have to constantly adjust. What challenges can we do? Which team is winning? What What is good for the, like... And, and that's the fact that the rules aren't fixed makes playing the game very difficult. Sometimes you just have bad luck, and you're like, well, I was in a season where they never did emerge, so my whole plan was based on the idea that we would merge when we were this number of people.
0: Well, I mean, sometimes the puzzle is the part that's hardest. The The puzzle, which I always roll my eyes, like, the puzzle ends up being the part that makes people so mad at the person who lost it. Like, in the case of this one I was just watching from season 24, it's basically you hold this bag with two handles on it, and you sumo this other person until they fall into the mud. And well one team wiped the floor with the other and there were some cases where there's this one guy james who's just like a monster he's just this huge like totally ripped guy but like and there's other ones where and yeah oddly enough he was also really good at the slide down the slip and slide grab a ball and throw it in the basket. good at that but then there are other ones where it's like you'd be amazed who was the person who could solve the puzzle like so the team that had the big lead blew it because they they, they blew all their time on the puzzle and had to start over so mm-hmm, the puzzle's there, a killer. Yeah, yeah. It Really, is that is that a normal thing? It's always but
1: yeah. Oh, right. That's, that's definitely true. Or the balance things where you have to stack or balance things, like build a, essentially a house of cards. Like three a, three a, balls on a flat
0: circle is those bananas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The the, the house of card ones or the, the building ones are great because. You'll be building this edifice or whatever, like some some sort of thing where you have to carefully assemble something. And then you're you're almost at the top. You have to cross some line and then you knock your whole thing down. Right? There's right. one where just...
0: you had to like go um go into this thing, grab the amount of rope you think we would need, and then you have to jump over and under hurdles to get to the end to where you grab a bag of basically bean bags to throw at a pile of blocks, right? So you can see what happens. You might have gotten enough rope to get you just to where you'd be able to get the beanbags. But now you don't have enough rope to go and retrieve the ones that you Mm -hmm. missed. So now you've got to go all the way back and undo the rope. And like, it is it is oddly fascinating.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good lessons for kids there about grit and determination and never giving up because you never know when someone's going to get stuck on the puzzle. You never know when that house of cards is going to fall down. Somebody else could totally eat the booger. You never know. Yeah, Or, or like being too cautious and carefully building your thing and not realizing that you're using too many pieces and making it too sturdy and now you can't reach the height. There's... You know, the show has something for everybody. Yeah. So I, I obviously I highly recommend that I've been watching it for 18 years, despite the fact that I stopped watching it. I mostly stopped watching it because I felt like I had gotten all the show I had to offer and because my kids got uninterested in it. Yeah, but yeah, now yeah. I'm going to return to it. Maybe I won't watch the episode that I skipped. It's probably true that most of the really significant, important characters have already come, with the exception of Jeff, who we haven't really talked about. Yeah, but maybe that's just sort of end of history illusion. Uh, Jeff,
0: Jeff is Jeff um, is very a very comforting influence in the sense that like he's like a cron job. Like he he says exactly I'm going to go tally the votes. <laughs> Tell
1: me about him and hear him say it for 18 years. Oh like, my god, he says forward. everything
0: exactly the same, almost exactly the same way at the same point every time. And you know, as a podcast listener, I'm I'm cool with that. Like I'm cool with. It's, that, it's that kind of repetition it's like yeah, but you know what it is john it's like as i said last night like god bless everybody out there that we would have enough confidence to think that you're adding something to the situation as jeff probst is when he's doing play-by-play it's so obnoxious
1: but but, he, but he's good at that like i think he's good at that play-by-play it's, and it's like thing, when like, rachel
0: like, maddow talks to her cats like it just it seems strange all his legs are getting wobbly and
1: so he's got an arc too Because if you watch him in season one, he's 18 years younger and he doesn't has no idea what he's doing because no one has any idea what they're doing. And he mostly just fulfills the role of host. And over the course of the 18 years, he becomes much more confident about his understanding of the game because he's he's right there close to it. All these contestants have been on it one, maybe two times. He's been there at this point, you know, (laughs) 10, 20, 30 different times. Right. He feels like he knows the game and he becomes less and less shy about offering his advice. Like he becomes an important strategic right. part of the game. Interesting the thing that always drives me nuts, but there's many sort of tropes in our household about watching the show. And as my wife can attest, I continue to be baffled by Jeff's ability. I don't know if it's his ability, but by, by the contestants willingness to answer Jeff's questions at tribal council, Jeff offers has
0: questions. Yeah. And he'll ask like a very, a very straightforward like kind of a probing question that's going to clearly because, because out- he's seen the
1: dailies like he yes. knows he's omniscient yes, he's of un- course. The om- yeah he yes. knows everything that's going on he knows what you know as the viewer he's seen the dailies he knows all the things that are happening he asked a question and i'm like listen contestants and and your your answer will unintentionally reveal something to somebody right right so listen contestants don't answer his questions lie like you, yeah we know the audience we're omniscient we should be like you should be like
0: an nba player or a. NFL player and just be like, I just want to thank God and I want to go out there and play yeah, today. Like,
1: like the, the ability, like, and somehow maybe it's because they're tired or because they feel close to Jeff and they're out there with them. They yeah. they answer his questions like it's so easy. He, it's so easy to draw them out, like because they want to. You know, it's like a you want me on that wall. You need me on the wall from a few good men. He wants to to say uh-huh. that he ordered the code red, right? He, but deep <laughs> down, he wants to, and that's what Tom Cruise knows, right? So these contestants, they want to say what a jerk that guy is for stealing the rice or whatever. And yeah, all Jeff has, has to do is give them the invitation, <laughs> and they. They walk right into it. And it's like by this point, honestly, do not answer Jeff's leading questions. All right. Lie when he asks you. When he asks you a question that says, D- "How do you feel about person such and such?" If it's if it's your if it's in your interest not to make that person manage you, say that you love them. Why can't you lie? <laughs> like they lie the whole game, and they get in front of Jeff. And Jeff asks them, "How do you feel about the person?" And they're like, "Honestly, I hate him." <laughs> and then they can vote it out, right? And it's like it, it's fascinating. That's but he's not like a full on like what's
0: the guy's name, Chairman Kaga. It's not like he's a full on like you are at my my you know yeah. It, it could it could turn into Saw like with his character, and it doesn't gratefully.
1: Yeah. So so and and actually, he does really understand the game. So the, another thing you may not have experienced that you should definitely watch it if you're watching old seasons after. So after they name the winner, like the live show, they they pull the things out of the hat and they, and then they say who the winner is and they give a big check and everyone hugs and everything. Then they bring all the people from the season up and Jeff gets to ask them questions. Oh my god. And he asks really good questions. Like questions from the audience, questions that if you're watching, you might want to know. Kind of thing you've like, always wondered. You know, like yeah, exactly. Like you say, like, at this point in the show, like what did why did you make the decision that you did? Or would you have done something differently? Like he is actually incisive and does understand the game very well. I'm not sure he would be good at it. Oh, and he's got producers. Having producers helps. No, I think Jeff actually does understand the game very, very well, uh, which is not to say that he would be good at the game, because very often people come on the show who understand it very well, but are terrible at it because being doing it and knowing what to do are two very different things.
0: I heard about a season where there was a real debacle because there was a bunch of people who thought they'd seen it on TV and they'd come on and something about like there was just people got their clock cleaned.
1: That's very often true. People, especially once the show was like maybe five or ten years old, there was a generation of people who grew up watching and thought they knew exactly what to do. And then it's just like, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the nose. The yes, Mike Tyson quote, yes, right? yes, Every, yes. Everyone's got a plan until they're on the beach and they're hungry and they're hot. And then all of a sudden they don't have a plan anymore. And they're cranky and they're the type of person who can't hide their crankiness from other people. And it turns out they're not very likable anyway. Like so many people come from, you know, a loving family environment where they have a wife and kids and a family that loves them. But they're not particularly lovable. Like, yes, the, the, the reason your family is so important is because they love you despite who you are but right. if you put in a group of strangers especially if everyone's hungry and cranky all of a sudden you're not as lovable as you thought you were and people want to go back to their family where people tolerate your your foibles and you know love you unconditionally unlike these strangers who just want to win money and find you annoying and
0: they aren't honest you, you know, just to kind of uh, repeat something you said earlier that there's there's a scene there's a few scenes in in this uh, beginning of the season 24 where there's one character who and i don't know if this is her bit but she, everybody else is running around and instantly knows, like, go try and like, yeah, you say you're going to do an alliance, but you're sounding people out and you're trying to figure out how to undermine people. And you're, you're, you're basically power leaking certain kinds of information. So somebody gets undermined. Like these all, these people all know what they're doing. But there's one woman who I instantly knew, even in like the first episode, she's going to have problems because she's like, look, I, I want to stay out. I want to stay out of this. I don't want to get involved in this. Exactly. Pretty much what I would say, which is, look. You know, what is, what does Roderick say? say that for y'all and Paul. Like, I, I do not want to be part of this drama. I just want to, but that's the thing. It's like playing chess. You're not going to, you're not going to win at chess by being nice. Like the only way to compete is to compete. And like, so even if you, so what happens is you're what, you're going to be the innocent bystander at the point when everybody else is trying to figure out who to pick off. Like, that's not going to be a great position to be in. You don't have any choice. But to play this game, and as you say, contextually, according to the situational awareness of
1: what that season and that group dynamically wants. Yeah, so because some, sometimes, like I said, sometimes not playing you, you the can't game. Be those inert. are the people you who can't win. Be inert. But no, sometimes the inert people win. That's the frustrating thing. Like mm. and when the inert people win, the people who played really hard are angry about it. They're sure. so angry. They're like, "You didn't even play.
2: Yeah, you just yeah, yeah, like yeah. you.
1: You got carried on our shoulders. You never made any big moves, but just everybody loved you, and so somehow you slip through. Other seasons, you're right. That's death, and you have to figure out like what's the best strategy and here's the thing in the end it's not as if you'd come in and be like oh i figured out in this season it's best for me just to be a lump and not to participate but in this season the same person knows how to like you know stab people in the back no like your nature is that uh, you know are you the type of person who who can stab people in the back and be successful then you better hope you're in a season where that's the winning strategy because if the other right. strategy is the winning strategy 10 to 1, you can't pull off the other strategy because it's who you are. Oh, you like, might be
0: bringing a gun to a chess fight. Like, you might... Yeah, like you, you, might yeah, you could okay. only...
1: You know, these are not professional actors, right? And even a professional actor can't keep it up 24 hours a day, right? A lot of models. A lot of models. Yeah. Well, that's true. but uh, But, like it's it's your nature your nature and the people and the season you're on like dictates whether you're going to win many many people are like they're in a season where the nice guy is never going to win and they Mm -hmm. are inherently nice guys and even though they might know intellectually i can't be such a nice guy i gotta be more strategic it's just not in them like that you can't escape yourself That, that one of the things you learn from the show is that you know human nature and like what people are like is mostly inescapable, and it's rare that you can see somebody who can act counter to their nature on a sustained basis and be successful. Even mm-hmm. if they intellectually know that it's the right move because they're experts in the game, they can't pull it off. And so, well, especially if what very- you,
0: especially if and I'm seeing this in this one character in season 24, where it's like, what this guy coach, like what he obviously oh, needs, coach. Oh, what he coach. obviously needs in terms of self-talk over this like problematic 36 hour period is probably not what his persona in that tribe should be presenting. You know what I mean? Like what you need to like be comfortable and stay alive and not lose your mind is not necessarily the thing that's going to help you in the competition. Like far from it. You're going to seem like a wounded animal. Yeah. Coach is one of those people,
1: like very often people come into the game with a sort of a Billy Joel style mask they wear Mm -hmm. in the rest of their life. (laughs) And that mask is useless on this Island. And they, and it's like, they don't want to take the mask off, is they're not sure what's underneath it, if anything. Like they only know how to how to do that, you know, or you know, Eleanor Rigby you know, keeps in a jar by the door. Like you know, that's the way they know to interact with other people. Yeah. is you you put on this act. He really and on does not show, want people to know
0: how like terrified of women as a thing.
1: Yeah, obviously. Yeah, or is. yeah, or whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever your hang up is, right? And very, and the best thing is, like, very often those, those people just go out of there. They can't, they can't handle it. Because if the, no one has tolerance for that kind of thing on the show, right. right? Sometimes they'll come back though, and sometimes they come back a changed person because two things change you: one, your failure in the in the first thing, but second, it's a different seeing group. yourself on television and everyone else having seen you on television, right that can change you. And sometimes people come back and the mask is gone and the real them is out and they've dealt with their issues because the whole world knowing who you are and crapping on you and like seeing you be your crappy self on television and yeah. seeing everyone react to it and seeing how you are treated in the edit can really change people for the better. Sometimes it can change people for the worse and they come back and they just double down on the stupid mask and they end up being like a character on the show and that's kind of sad. Well, it's like
0: Marcel, like Marcel on Top Chef who they, who's, they just keep bringing back because i think cause he's a competent enough chef but like he's he's so annoying and so obviously different as a person than he thinks he is mm-hmm. that like he becomes the designated dingling. Yeah,
1: and th- there's a little bit of that in Survivor, but in general Survivor wants people to grow and learn and brings them back to try to give them a chance to to you come made, back. You made from a spirited
0: you know. uh, defense for this terrible terrible program
1: that i'm going to continue to watch. It's a good show and it's yeah. very wholesome. It's not good. It's not good. It's filled a good with show. beautiful scenes well, and beautiful people. A lot and of boobs. I recommend everybody watch it. A lot of thigh gap. <laughs> well, after you know, by by day twenty eight for sure, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I don't understand some of the decisions about I guess you're allowed to I don't know what the rules are for what you're allowed to bring, but you're like... like uh, yeah,
1: that, that's another thing that evolved. In the beginning, they, they made a big deal out of it. Like, you get one personal item that mm-hmm. you could bring, one, your luxury item, and people would bring, like, their razor or whatever. And, and vice that's great. The, <laughs> that, that That faded so hard. Like, was eventually, the show realized, yeah, people aren't really that into but the like whole, the, like... Even the
0: footwear decisions are baffling to me sometimes.
1: Yeah, like, at this point, they don't even tell you, like, it's not even clear. So how much mon- how much clothes do they have, and do they get to wash them, and do they get the shower? Like, the show is is yeah. so has realized that those details that were like part of the hook in the meeting. Oh, you're going to be an Island. And you're going to have to survive faded so fast because they, the show realized that's not what the show is about. People just like, they'll just say, yeah, yeah. Oh, I assume they found someplace to poop. I don't need to like, uh, you know, even the food, like it's important to know that they're hungry, yeah. but not so much of like, Oh, what are they going to eat? And they used to have uh, gross food challenges and food auctions were a staple of the show for at least half the run. Almost never see that anymore. Because they concentrated entirely on, like, the social mental game.
0: Yeah, Ellie told me she saw some of those on YouTube. She's wondering if there's a, channel or a uh, auction in this one.
1: Yeah, food auction and gross food challenges were, were very big for at least half the run. And they just disappeared.
0: Well, it's, cer- it's certainly really interesting, the timing on this, that after the cajoling, we went through this, you know, super binge of this show. We haven't watched, uh, we haven't seen an episode on the week of yet. Um. So, but basically, I think we're up to the finale for this season, which I think is something like as we record this. I think like tomorrow
1: night. Yeah, you should watch it live because that's part of the experience. Because it is actually live, live like we're you know seven second delay or whatever. Wow. Which is like a, again a throwback, live in front of a studio audience with these people. Yeah, it's it's fun.
2: That's wild.
1: And it means it means the people who are on the show like don't get to know who won until like you know months after they're done and back to their regular lives, and they got to come in into this live taping to find out who won.
0: Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Because I, I know about all the secrecy with stuff like, you know, like Top Chef or Top Dress, where like you're mm. not allowed to tell anybody, but it's exactly. super they, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be watching a lot of this. But you have to tell you what I said to her. I said, she came out yesterday afternoon after school, it was five o'clock, it was TV time. And she said, we got to watch more Survivor. And I said, I have been researching that. And she said, I don't care what season it is. And I said, I absolutely care. I'm kind of watching this under protest because this is garbage TV. But, like, if you're going to watch garbage TV, you've got to watch the best of the garbage TV. Like, I just have this nightmare of her, like, this being the gateway drug to, the, like, the fentanyl of, like, cable TV. Which is just, now, I, I don't know what a Vanderpump I think it's, is. I think, it's I, very, I think
1: it's very wholesome. I
0: don't. He, think it, but I, you see what I'm saying, though. I don't want her to think that this is just a thing that we're going to watch. Like, when we go to Hotel Room, we're going to watch, you know, the... Uh, I don't know the the
1: Angry Housewives of Mayberry RFD. No, see, this is so unlike those shows. It's so unlike them. I feel like this is, this so is many an, of them. China. An island of tranquility in a sea of crap like that. I like islands, you know, because I don't watch any of those shows. I don't even watch Kitchen Nightmares or Top Shelf was just too much yelling at people? Hotel Hell. Right? This is this. Nope. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one that I watched. The only one. I, I did watch Chop. I thought Chop was good natured, <laughs> and of course, and of course, Iron Chef. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm more into the food and not into the drama there. But anyway, the seasons I gave you. Again, you know not to watch all these seasons, but if you're so looking not. for good seasons, every one of these seasons has some really important character or development that, yeah. that runs through. So I tried to give you, I could name them all, but I don't want to ruin no. who's, who's who.
0: Maybe I'll go back to the first HD, the oldest season that's in HD.
1: Well, you should, here's what you should do. You mm. could, like, grab a random episode from each of these seasons just to see if there's any character that grabs all your right, attention. All right, And then say, if that's the character you like, let's pick Rupert. So you see Rupert and you're like, I got to see more of this Rupert guy. He's a he's a hell of a character. He has, like, a four-season arc. So you could Rupert. do his four-season arc and travel him. He's in, like, you know, season 8, 13, 24, and whatever. Like, just follow him through the show, right? Because oh, that's, I, that's mo-
0: Rupert. Rupert's on 24. That's the uh, Zach Galifianakis guy.
1: Yeah, he he's broke his like, darn
0: yeah. toe oh we got, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got boston rob we got boston rob
1: so it's kind of you're kind of skipping to the end by seeing these people I know, well I know, after Jonathan. like i i, I you know, know but if like, you meet boston rob in the beginning and yeah. you don't know his story and how his season See, ends this so is you how you we're different kind
0: of, yeah yeah you got uh par, 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 parvati shallow parva she's Her? one she's one of my favorites. it's people. not poverty it's parvity. <laughs>